Hi, hello. Uh, fuck PC gaming. Dang, how are you? Uh, good. I, I agree with that. Fuck PC gaming. Yes. All right. Uh, so right now I am using my old laptop. Honestly, this thing is still pretty good. Uh, my PC has a tendency to crash, and part of me thinks that the SSD I got whenever I bought this thing is a little bum. So um, I'm deciding to upgrade it anyways. Uh, I'm trying to clone that SSD to a new one. However, the old one won't let me clone it entirely because, you know, it's a bum one. Uh, anyways, uh, my PC, as of an hour ago, was telling me that it has four hours to try to clean up the SSD before I can clone over. So, you know, is it PC gaming exactly? No, but it's PC shit. And, you know, you can kind of lump all that together, you know? Yeah, it's all the same pile of uh, shit and bad and terrible. So, uh, yeah, fuck PC gaming, fuck PC, and uh, all hail Game and Deck. Alright, uh, sure, sure, okay, you know, I, I'm not gonna even touch that one. Uh, do we have any other pointless bullshit that we need to stuff here at the beginning, or do we just continue on to the, to the table? Uh, no. Okay, alright, table of contents. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Oh, you did play that, I remember. Assassin's Creed. I remember that. <laughs> Dude, I, this is what happens, okay? <laughs> Sometimes I just look at these lists and I, I just have to be trusting of my past self is fucking with me. Be like, yeah, you you watched this. One of these days I am going to do that to myself and then I, I'm going to get to it and I'm going to talk about it and it's just going to be complete <laughs> bullshit. And it's like, oh. Like, what I'll do, what I'll do to screw myself over, right, is that I will write it down in my notes but I won't log it on letterbox. So then like, it's like, wait a minute, there's proof right there. I didn't watch it. Cause I would have logged it on both of them. Like, I, damn it. I'm giving myself too many ideas. Uh, Assassin's Creed unity, uh, the last of us, but you know, that's a special episode that's going to happen next month. So the yeah. avatar two, wishy washy of the waves, home alone, army of darkness, spirit fair, pulp fiction, empire of light, Babylon, PUBG, the banshees of Inishirin, and the whale. Dorian, what is your nice, list? nice list? Sexy, lots of good stuff on there. Nice. Uh, okay, uh, Witcher three, Nomadland, Amaros Peros, Twenty One Grams, Bardo, Farce Chronicles of a Handful of Truths, Midnight Cowboy, Run Lola Run, Smile, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Whale, Empire of Light, Kimmy, Babylon, Joker, It's a Wonderful Life, Die Hard. Mean Streets, Never Let Me Go, and Life After Beth. Okay, so here's what I'm right. thinking. I already know that there are a couple here that we're going to talk about, <laughs> sure. obviously. Like, uh, let's see. So Empire and Babylon, Banshees and the Whale are probably going to be our main focus. Yes, right? yes, I would agree. Okay, I say let's go ahead and just not exactly speed run, but let's kind of expedite any, every other topic so we can push those yep. to kind of like the end. If we can knock out everything within the first 30 minutes, that'd be dope. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how does yeah, that, sound? no, that sounds good. Okay, perfect. All right, I will go first and I will knock out the first two because both of them are going to be paired into that same grouping of... Um, me trying games intentionally just so I know, oh, okay, cool. I'm not feeling this, so I can just toss it <laughs> off to the side. Uh, which is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart in Assassin's Creed Unity. So, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I let my best friend borrow this how many ever months ago? I don't know, but when I got it back, I just kind of sighed like, ugh. 
I'm going to try this, I guess. Anyways, I toss it on. That's a Ratchet and Clank game. That's 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 a Ratchet and Clank. I'm I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, Sony, do something different. I don't know. That might be it. I don't know if there's anything else I want to say. I played like an hour of it, and I was just like, okay, you got more of the graphics on this one. Good job, Insomniac. Dorian, anything about Rift Apart? It was fun, but I, I mean, it, just that fun. Like, I mean, it's pretty non-memorable, and uh, I uh, like it less as time goes on. Um, Psychonauts 2 came out that same year and is a superior platformer in every single way. So I just, if I'm going to play a platformer from 2021, it, it's going to be Psychonauts 2. You see, I was going to make a joke about you being a Druckmann simp, and then instead you praise an Xbox game. So, like, I, I don't really know what my joke is going to be besides just describing what my mental process for it is. <laughs> I mean, it's on PS4, too. Um, so. <laughs> but it was it was much better. Like, it was just the last gen. Like, they didn't even make a next gen version for it. No, no I know. And there's not even an HDR yeah. uh, patch for it when... The PS4. Yeah, so the Xbox One was clearly Um, the superior version. Well, yeah, no. Psychonauts 2 on PS4 is like saying, yeah, Doom is on Switch. And it's like, (laughs) basically, yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, my score is going to be that's that Sony consistency, all right. Yeah, it was a 7 out of 10 for me. All right, um, Assassin's Creed Unity. Uh, I can't stop hurting myself. Um, although there was more reason behind this one than at least my brief foray into Assassin's Creed Rogue. Uh, Locke, a, a wonderful man, a wonderful man. Uh, I don't remember how long ago. It was a conversation months ago, or maybe even a year ago. Time is cyclical. It doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, he was like, oh, man, Assassin's Creed Unity is the best one of the old style of Assassin's Creed games. And I just kind of went, hmm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I picked it up for $10 on eBay. Sure, why not? And then I decided to start it. And you know, you know what? Ubisoft games are like anime, okay? They can start off strong and make you think, oh, my God, is this going to be the one that's finally different? And then, no, it is the exact same as all the other shit. Good job, Ubisoft. You fucking did it. The way that this one tricked me is that uh, this one, you know, being the next-gen Assassin's Creed game, like, it it still kind of pulls off that feeling. It's like, oh, man, look at those graphics. Oh, man, look at the facial animations. By the way, the eyes in these games, the eyes actually were very pretty. Good job, Ubisoft. You did something right. And the music, the music was actually good. And I was like, whoa, whoa, there's actual effort. I would have never guessed that Assassin's Creed Unity had effort behind it. Wow. And I'm playing it, and then at some point, it just sounds like they stopped playing music. And I'm like, oh, it's the exact same game as before, except no music. Hooray. And then I just stopped because I was like, I the moment that broke me is that I was doing a mission that took me inside a house. By the way, I don't know what the fucking map markers look like because I never opened up the map and I just ran through everything. Like I just ran point to point. I don't know how bad the map looks because I never looked at it. What broke me is that I got to a mission that had me breaking into a house uh, which, by the way, actually, shout out to kind of this game for having environments inside houses. Like, you can actually walk through some of the buildings. I'm like, whoa, wait, look, that looks next gen. And uh, I, I'm in a house. I'm doing a mission. 
And then the very next mission has me going into a basically the same house in a different place and uh, involving a different person. I was like, oh, wow. No, I'm fine. I don't want to do this. So I gave up. So that's Creed Unity is. Does anyone want to buy a copy off of me out of 10? Uh, my score is no, I don't want to out of 10. Okay, well, uh, any sucker who wants to, just let me know. <laughs> All right, I'll bang out three right now. Um, and not because I don't like them, but because I don't know how long this podcast is going to go for. But if it continues to go for, these will literally be there every single year. Uh, Joker, It's a Wonderful Life, and Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, this is my Christmas yeah. official trilogy now. Originally, it was Joker on Christmas Eve and Die Hard on Christmas Day. But I have decided I will work It's a Wonderful Life into there on Christmas Eve as well uh joker again i don't really have a reason for this being a christmas eve movie i just decided hey i really like this movie i'm gonna watch it every christmas eve is it stupid yes okay great we're over that now still love this (laughs) that's it you can just finish the sentence right there (laughs) still love this movie still think it's great uh fuck joker 2 uh five out of five i cannot wait for joker 2 i really can't wait uh my best friend at some point he'll probably want to watch joker again and considering how gorgeous the cinematography is, or at least I remember the cinematography being very nice and that it has an Atmos track, it makes you go, yeah, sure, why not? I'll watch it again at some point and I'll probably be more critical of it this time because I'm not afraid that someone's going to go into the theater and shoot us <laughs> because I'm watching it. Uh, that that fear is really what drives a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joker. Yeah, I will have a more accurate assessment at some point. At awesome. Then. And uh, let's see, uh, it's a wonderful life. I act, I had I didn't write it on my list because I knew you had it on yours. I still logged it on Letterboxd because I did watch it. It's just that I didn't want to bring it up again because it's a, it's a great movie. I don't need to talk about it anymore. You were going to bring it up anyway, so I didn't need to bring it up. Uh, it's a wonderful life. I actually showed my uh, my wife's family and they all loved it. And I just got to enjoy the fact that I was being praised on my cinema choice for Christmas. Thank you. Mm. And that's it. That's all I got. It's a wonderful life. Kino at a 10 and uh, die hard. Uh, the, I have nothing to add. Die hard is great. Die hard is fun. Ho, ho, ho. I have a machine gun and uh, I have a Christmas ornament that has a picture of John McClane inside like this little uh, metallic box and a little light that is supposed to be his flashlight. Uh, no, sorry, not his lighter. Uh, it's a light that's there that's flashing behind the photo to make it look like his flash, his uh, lighter is flickering. It's very cool. It's very hard to describe without a picture. I probably brought this up last time that we talked about Die Hard, but whatever. Die Hard, cinema out of 10. Uh, yeah, so back to It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, great movie. I liked it more the second time through. Thought it was really, really, really well done. Uh, the ending is still incredible, but I like the buildup a little mm. bit more this time. Uh, just a classic Christmas movie. And if Die Hard didn't exist, this would probably be my favorite Christmas movie. So really great shit. Bumped it up to a nine out of 10. Um, and then Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie. It's just a staple. It will never be top for me. Uh, it is just everything I want in a Christmas movie and in that in general, an action movie, which I'm not a huge, huge action movie guys. I mean, I enjoy them, but they're never really going to be in my top of the top, but, uh, this one just hits all the right notes for me. It's perfect. Uh, rest in peace, Alan Rickman and uh, God bless you. Uh, nine out of 10 too for that. 
future rest in peace to Bruce Willis, especially yes. since he has that. Yeah, he's not doing well. So I hope I hope. Uh, well, <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say if you're listening to no, this. No, no, no. That's the thing. He, his his <laughs> his clock is most of the time. I'll make fun of this shit, but no. like his clock is done yeah. so like just uh, rip the goat good job john mcclain you're fucking awesome that's, yeah. that's it. you've left you left you good left job it. you didn't care for most movies but you at least care exactly you left at least you the left an one. impact in that and not, if, if nothing else you left an impact in that and that will be remembered forever so yeah okay but you know what we will hopefully remember him for die hard six when his ai <laughs> is starring in it and i hope they make him star both as himself and his oh, son i'd watch it I mean, I I I feel like it'd be highly disrespectful, but yeah, sure. I'd I mean, he'd it. sign the rights away, so fuck him. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I think I I think I'd pirate that one. I feel like I'd feel morally. <laughs> I feel like it's moral to pirate that. <laughs> this hypothetical diehard six. Maybe, yeah. I that I mean, that's a good question. Listeners, write in and tell us what you think. Would you? Would it be morally correct to pirate Die Hard Six if it starred Bruce Willis in a dual role as AI of him and his? child let us know all right uh if you guys really want to um if you guys really want to write in uh write the uh write your answer over to small dick energy at gitalife.com and don't forget to check out the patreon patreon.com slash passive pixels oh my god okay so i guess we're launching that shit now let me let me let me get the domain let me it's a christmas miracle i can't wait until our entire audience showers us with money we made a total of three dollars yeah i can't wait to get my cut all right uh in that same in that same vein i'm just gonna toss these two out here because they feel like they're good to go back to back uh home alone and spirit fair i don't know why i just (laughs) all right uh home alone my wife she had never watched this so she she'd never seen on. home alone i was sitting there wild look man look it's hard to educate people sometimes okay <laughs> you know like i i showed these people it's a wonderful life i'm trying okay but like i i can't dedicate all my time to showing all the old bangers okay um anyways hadn't seen home alone puts it on i'm sitting there home alone that there's a good movie i can't believe that uh that no no either joke that i would say is played out i was gonna bring up jigsaw that was that was one joke but then the other one was gonna be a skyfall Skyfall, joke and then i just like i'm yeah i'm just gonna abort i don't really want to bring up the same old jokes uh home alone that 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 there's a good movie i'm gonna go ahead and give that uh please lock joe pesci into a room and tell him that every time he curses he gets shocked at a (laughs) time uh home alone's great i always like i have the 4k for it and i watched it out of season this year but uh i always want to fit it in in christmas i just don't know when it, it's because it just there's just other things that have a higher priority for me great movie though i really do like it and it's definitely one of my favorite christmas movies so dude, you just can't go wrong with it it's an eight out of ten for me shout out to that music though like john williams this man oh, just yeah. This man just cannot not no. heat. Oh. Like he can only oh, heat. And and just because we mentioned it, the Skyfall Home Alone segment is good. People are wrong if they don't like that. I mean, it, if people actually use that as a criticism, commit death, okay? Whether you're Jesus. <laughs> okay, that might be a No, little... no, no. No, no. Commit death. Right. Like right <laughs> now. Right, wait. Wait, wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait. If, wait, wait, you're, wait, wait. if you're already give listening them, to the show. Give them a minute. Okay, Let okay. them commit death. Okay. 
Are okay. you dead now? Okay, go. So we're not giving them the full No, no, or? they should be dead by now. Like, come on, just take the gun, bullet, boom, you're gone. Good, go. I forgot what it was that I was watching that someone tried to... Oh, oh, okay, so fuck it. We're going to take a quick tangent here. Uh, my wife has been watching Cheer. Cheer. Just, just... Just just follow me okay. here, okay? This is going to be a weird road. You All won't right. know where it's going right, to end right. up. Uh, anyways, there, it's a Netflix okay. show. So, like, it, right. see, okay, yeah. We, oh, we've got, we've got, we've got okay. a bar- barometer of quality already, so <laughs> keep going. <laughs> okay, anyways, anyways. So, this isn't on the list because I did not sit down to watch it. I've been tangentially walking by and then catching glimpses of it. Uh, it it's a very just desaturated... Uh, d- Somewhere between reality TV and documentary, because, you know, this this is stuff actually is real, like it actually happened. But the way that they frame a lot of the show feels a lot more like reality than documentary. And I don't really know how to explain it beyond that. Uh, It's about a Texas cheerleading team in like one of the small towns in texas it's not like a dallas or a houston or san antonio it's like if you've seen red rocket a town like that or maybe actually even a little bit bigger uh anyways it's just about them and going to their competition etc blah 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 and it seems that every single kid that they have has just the worst problem possible. Like, honestly, I think maybe that's why it feels like reality, because it reminds me of American Idol, how every single person who would go to American Idol, it's like, I've been sleeping under a bridge for 37 years. I'm only 17 and I'm here to sing and hope that I can get a record deal so I can stop eating my my friend's farts for substance and then you got paul abdul over there crying because he's like oh my god look at such a sad story like it, it feels like that because every single person here has a sad story anyways the reason i even bring this up right is because it reminded me of where i had seen the uh someone trying to hang themselves um so season i, I think one of the characters uh, well whatever okay i'm gonna bring up why I brought this up, and then I'm going to go a little bit extra into the show because it was something that was I wasn't expecting for season two. Anyways, uh, one of the characters was like, yeah, man, I got so sad that I tried to kill myself. And he was telling a story about how he got a rubber hose and he tried to hang himself. And he's like, but as soon as I tried to hang myself, I was too heavy and I broke the broke the hose. And I was like... <laughs> I ooh, I know it, it was meant to be a comedic beat, but holy shit, did I start dying of laughter at the image of that. Someone just like really sad. <laughs> and then they use a rose and they try to hang themselves and they, it doesn't work. Uh, in that same breath, then my wife and I started joking. Just imagine if this man like he hung himself. He failed because of his weight. He went to the gym and got like super jacked for an entire year and then hung himself. He's like, no, nah, man, it's not going to happen again. Um, anyways, now getting to the wild part about the show. So season two happens and it's about the same team, except it's not really about the team going to a competition. It's about the team dealing with the fame of season one. And then because they filmed it before COVID, now it's a show about these people dealing with the fame from the previous season while also dealing with the effects of COVID after the, the, in college and 
just how that ruins their college experience. It's like, oh, hey, that's actually really different now. This is a show about cheering, and now it's a show about COVID's effects on college students through cheer. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. I didn't sit down and watch it, so I didn't add it, but now here it is. I've wasted so much time talking about cheer, way more than it deserves. I'm not even going to give it a score because it doesn't count. Do you want to say anything? Uh, Home Alone, four out of five. Okay. <laughs> Spirit Fair. Uh, Spirit Fair. This is the next game that I tried along the list of, okay, is a video game going to make me feel? Uh, Spirit Fair. I enjoy it. It's pretty chill. It's a game about uh, resource management and going down. It's a very chill game. You're helping spirits with their last wishes so then they can die properly. Uh, it, the art is very pretty. The music is very chill. I'm what? just thinking, hopefully you can help the fact that you tried to hang himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Listen, I need better rope. Please go collect three wood. All right. Sorry. I, I couldn't, I couldn't keep that, that thought. Away. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Oh my god. What if what if he helping people die was just like constantly like, I need bullets. Go buy me some bullets. Sounds like a good game, man. Somebody should make this. I'd play it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh spirit okay, what would be the name? It had to be a play on Spirit Fairer. So like Spirit Taker? Yeah, yeah, that would work. Yeah. I'd All play right, perfect. We're definitely not gonna get sued. <laughs> So good. I've been enjoying it, but honestly, I think I hit my um, my artsy fartsy um, meter for like, I don't know how long, but like I, I hit it enough that now I just kind of need big, dumb gameplay. So Spirit Fair, I'm keeping it in my PS5 like the disc will stay in there. I will. I'm not going to drop it. I'm just going to keep going back to it. I will announce when I drop it or at least put it away for a little bit. So that is there. Oh, in that same breath, I've, I didn't even add it to my list. Um, Bastion. I've been playing Bastion a little bit on the Vita. That's a fun game. It's good on Vita. I haven't been playing it that much. But like again, both of these games, even though they've been uh, put on pause for a little bit, I'm going to get back to them. That's it. The, the Vita. You. Spirit Fair. Uh, nothing. Bastion's great. Great game. Yo, great game. Glad you're playing it. Uh, Spirit Fair. Uh, I know Poots him for it. Maybe one day, but I don't know. We'll see. All right, music good. Uh, okay, right, I'll turn. bang out three here again. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to do these a little bit dirty with the time, but especially because you haven't seen any of them, whatever. Uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu, three three more of his movies. I'm sorry for butchering your name, sir. Oh, We've man. got uh, Amaros Paros, 21 Grams, and Bardo, False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths. Uh, I'll start with Amaros Paros and 21 Grams, mainly because these are the final two of the Death Trilogy that started with uh, Babel. Again, not like they're not actually three movies they're just you know spiritual yeah, spiritual uh, trilogy the spiritual the, the trilogy. thematic trilogy from the thematic, thematic, trilogy. thematic trilogy from the same director um amaro's yeah. paros is fantastic i really 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 love this movie this is definitely a criterion pickup for me which i didn't even know was in the criterion collection until sam told me so it's like oh awesome uh this movie's great though it's again very similar to Babel in the sense that you've got these kind of random people and their lives all interconnected by one event that happens um 
I seen a lot of complaints specifically online that like the first third is a lot better than the other two thirds, but honestly, I really like them all. I do agree that the first third was like the strongest, especially acting and emotion wise, but uh, they're all really great. And I really enjoy this movie all the way through. And uh, it's actually my favorite of the death trilogy. So love this movie. Thought it was great. Uh, yeah. So four out of five, really good. Um, do you want to, I guess you probably have nothing to say about any of these. So I'll just keep going. Same score for all three of these is look, man, I watched Birdman and I watched The Revenant. You have me. I'll get to you at some point. Honestly, Bardo, considering that out of all the movies that came out these this year that I still want to watch, that one being on streaming means that that one I might watch before the next episode. Don't hold me to it because I'm a fucking liar and you can't hold me to any of my words. Uh, but yeah, Bardo has the best shot out of any of these movies that you're about to talk cool. about. All right, so that's Amaris Paros, uh, 8 out of 10. Uh, 21 Grams, this is my least favorite of the Death Trilogy. Still pretty good, though. Uh, my biggest problem with this one is, again, so you've got the whole random people's lives interconnected by one event. This one, though, is all over the place narratively. Like, it's 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 shot like Memento, like, which is kind of things are out of order. And Well, no, like, not like that. It's just, like, things are, like, completely out of order and random. Like, it's not, there's not a flow to it. And it just, it, it, it drove me nuts. Like it made sense. It made sense in Memento because it's like, I don't want to spoil anything, but that's what they were going for. Um, in 21 grams, there's mm-hmm. just, it's just, there's no, there's no method to that madness. Like it's just literally completely out of order for, uh, for what I could tell no reason. Um, and it kind of drove me nuts uh, because there were some like scenes that were like, Oh, this is really great. I, I, I want to see what happens. And then they cut away from it and go to like something like completely different, like obviously months in the future. And they don't go back to it for like 20 minutes. And I don't know. It just annoyed me the way it was shot, but uh, Sean Penn, Benicio Dotello, especially Naomi Watts is really, really great here. She's fantastic. I love her to death. Um, so a lot to like about this movie. Uh, story's great. Uh, I love the way he does these kind of the, his death trilogy. They were all really good movies. This was solid too. Just my least favorite. So seven out of 10. Um, and then Bardo, false chronicles of a handful of truths. Uh, this one's definitely a miss for me. Uh, I, 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 I appreciate some of it. Like, Wait, wait, wait! I, you actually said that one of the others was your least favorite. Oh, oh, least death favorite trilogy. Death trilogy. Sorry, death trilogy. Yeah, uh, this is actually my least yeah. favorite of his movies. Just overall, uh, I, I really didn't vibe with this one at all. Uh, I think it's going to have its audience, but it's very, very pretentious. It's very self indulgent. It's way longer than it needs to be, but um, gorgeous, gorgeously shot. Like the cinematography in this is really fucking great. A uh, really solid soundtrack too. So a lot of fun there. Uh, the main performances are all like really good. Um, just by the time I got to the end of this movie, I was like, ah, that's it. Like, that's really what you were going for after all that. And, and it kind of made some of the other shit in the movie made sense, but uh, it was just way too fucking long. It didn't need to be for me. It's two and two hours and 40 minutes. And I don't know, man, you could have cut this easily down by like an hour, but this is what happens when you do Netflix movies and stuff like that. You just get a whole bunch of free reign to do whatever the fuck you want. And I do appreciate that. Oh, it's an it, actual this is, Netflix yeah, this movie, is, not just no, a Netflix original. So, uh, yeah, he gets the free reign to do whatever he wants here. And while it's great for filmmakers, it shows sometimes that, uh, you know, there's a method to some studios madnesses, I think. And, you know, with a studio, this definitely would have been cut down a bit. But here you get it in all its glory for better or for worse. And that's better, better for some people, worse for me. So wasn't a big fan, uh, even though there were things I appreciate about it. Uh, it's a five out of ten for me. And that's it. Oh, that changed my mind on what I was going to tell you. What I was going to say is you calling something pretentious makes me think, oh, this is going to be a fucking <laughs> banger. 
but then you add Netflix to the mix. It's like, mm, mm, shit, you might be onto something. Damn it. I never like, I never like giving you even a mild bit of credit. So well, maybe this will be one of the Netflix bangers that work for you. Who knows? I still need to watch Roma. Roma, so Roma is very good. Man. Roma is fantastic. Like Netflix or not, like they, they got a winner with that one. Dude, Itu Mama Tambien got onto the fucking shelf. How did I not fast track Roma immediately after? It's fucking, it, it's, it's Alfonso Cuaron going back to Mexico. Well, especially because it has a criterion too, so. Yeah. I, I need like a group of you to listen to what I say when it's like, ah, damn it. I've been meaning to watch that one and then just harass me. Like, if I've said I want to watch it, it's not like I'm going to spite it. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Bardo. Ooh, ooh, still gonna try it though. Out of ten. All right. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, you know what? Pulp Fiction. I will kick down a little bit further. Um, okay, so Army of Darkness and PUBG. What a great back to back. Army of Darkness. Hey, that's a fun movie. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm kind of struggling to remember it. I think out of Evil Dead 1 wouldn't make it onto the shelf alone. Army of Darkness wouldn't make it onto the shelf alone. But with me throwing in Evil Dead 1 along with Evil Dead 2 and um, Army of Darkness all together. Oh, yeah. All three easily make the shelf. It's so it's no no brainer, honestly. Uh, Army of Darkness, super fun. The slapstick is I feel like with Evil Dead 2, with the way that the horror balanced with the comedy, I enjoyed that balance more because it felt so quick with the way that it would shift between the two that you can you had enough of a hold to understand what it was going for. While I feel like in Army of Darkness, the two sections were uh, OK. So the horror is kind of just like a trapping now. It's not really horror at all like that's okay but i i like the slapstick i really like the slapstick it just felt weird that the slapstick was literally just like actual sections where ash was just like all right this is gonna be a slapstick section and then we're done and we're just gonna keep going i kind of didn't dig how segmented it felt i kind of would have preferred if the segments of slapstick were more frequent but shorter so it feels more integrated in instead of like here's the slapstick section either way though that feels like a nitpick because army of darkness is still really fun that's all i got army of darkness is fun out of 10 what do you got a great movie loved it obviously i just rewatched it recently and talked about it on the podcast uh great steelbook too but yeah, just a, a fantastic movie. Uh, I, I love all those movies. I'm really, really excited to rewatch Evil Dead because it's actually, I've only seen that one once and I haven't ranked as my least favorite of the trilogy. I think it's going to change. I think I'm not giving that movie enough credit, so I'm very excited to rewatch that. Uh, but Army of Darkness is just a fun time. It's probably the most, one of the most quotable uh, one-liner movies ever. Like, they're just, it's just gold. So yeah. great shit. Love the movie. Eight out of 10 for me. By the way, the ending of that movie. Uh, is which one? Which which one did you get? Arm. Spoiler. Uh, spoiler. Quick. I watched. I'm curious. No, no, no. Uh, wait. Is okay. Do I actually have to describe it? Because I just watched the 4K. Like, I think that was at the end. Okay, the, the theatrical. Okay, okay. Then never mind. You're good. Okay. I'm just curious because that movie has so many different fucking endings. So I just wanted to make sure that. No, I'm not like. Look, if you put it on the 4K, that's okay, what yeah, I'm yeah, watching. Okay. okay. Then that. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that is a great ending. Yeah. 
Like, that's the thing. If I've watched the other versions, I will go insane and just be like, oh, this is the right one. Why did you put this one on 4K? Look, 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 I'm going into this clean. I'm going to save myself any of the potential headache or heartbreak that I could have in realizing this cut is on Blu-ray, not in 4K. Like, look, I already have enough seethe probably with Watchmen for that one. So it's like, I'm I'm good. I'm never doing that. Uh, shout out to me probably never going to watching uh, Dr. God, that sentence was terrible. Shout out to me never watching Doctor Sleep because the director's cut, which I've heard is better, is stuck on the Blu-ray and the theatrical cut is the 4K. Shout out. Just never going to watch that movie now. <laughs> um, yeah, Army of Darkness. That's a fun movie. Shelf out of 10. Uh, the other one that's on here, uh, PUBG. So you remember how I said that Spirit Fair, I kind of hit my limit for artsy-fartsy for however set a time. PUBG. You know, we, we, we got a mutual friend. His name is Shane. He's he 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 he's a poor boy that we just kind of wish we could get help for, but we just can't afford it uh, under this economy. Uh, he just he do be getting addicted sometimes. And we just kind of wish like, you know, Shane, put down the destiny. Please don't play that. And, you know, he, he one of his other addictions, one of his healthier addictions is PUBG. Uh he, he keeps talking about it, and I was like, you know what, PUBG, I kind of feel like I need a battle royale in my life. So I was jumping back and forth between PUBG. Uh, I don't think I was playing Fortnite because I was like, I'm, I'm, I know what you are. I don't feel like I'm in the mood for you. I was playing a little bit of Warzone, and I was like, eh, I don't know, man, this isn't doing it. PUBG, I was playing solos, and every time I die, I wouldn't even see my health go down. I would just be walking. And then, boom, immediately fucking dead. And I'm like, I don't know what happened. And then I realized, oh, wait, you play these games in squads. You don't play solos. So I tried solos in Warzone. I was like, this is a little better, but this isn't clicking. But PUBG and squads, I was like, oh, there's the fucking game. There's the game. PUBG, still jank as hell, but still really fun. I got a small anecdote that I want to share because it was funny. I was playing squads. It was they matched me with only two people. It was just three of us. It was they didn't match with the fourth. Awesome. Uh, they one guy dies. Uh, he takes me somewhere completely different. Oh, now I remember. He we got into a car. We drove up to a mountain and we started bullying three guys that were on that mountain. We were just drive bying and pissing them off. At some point, he drives up the mountain. We start fighting these dudes. He damaged them. He damages two of them enough. So I basically wipe the entire team. My teammate dies, whatever. I grab all my stuff, I run out. I find a motorcycle and I start going after my other teammate. It's like, okay, cool. Like, we're going to group back up. As I'm getting to him, I see him get shot by one dude, and then that dude's teammate starts swarming me. I'm still on my motorcycle. I drive away, get a little bit of damage. I'm like, okay, don't worry. I'm far enough away from them on my motorcycle. I'm completely fine. So I start turning. I start braking, and I'm like, all right, let's jump off the bike and start healing myself. The moment I jump out of the bike, I'm still moving too quickly, and I die immediately as soon as I touch the ground. It, it hurt me so much. It was like seven people that was left. So I actually had a chance and I blew it. But in that same breath, another situation where it was me and three people. I think at some point I got separated from the three of them. All three of them die. It is literally me. It, there's like 60 people left. So I'm just playing this match alone. I get to the end and it's nine people and I'm just 
crawling in the ground. I can hear the two teens that are still alive just fighting it out. I see the numbers dwindling, and I'm like, all right, cool, let's keep crawling. And then it gets to seven people, and then I blink, and I won. I've done nothing. I'm still literally laying in the ground. All Both teammates ended up killing each other, and I'm the only one that's left alive. So the, the game just like, eh, well, you won. You're the last one alive. That's it. PUBG fun. If you want to play PUBG, let me know, because I'm jumping in at random hours. PUBG fun out of 10. Yeah, yeah. Never PUBG out of 10. That's it. It's for nah, you. That's... Did we mention that Shane was actually your alter ego? Have we ever mentioned that on the no, podcast? No, no. We'll, uh, we'll keep the schizophrenia off the podcast, I think. I don't want people to... Are you sure I, I don't want that? people to judge me too hard. Are you sure that we're keeping schizophrenia well, out of here? Somewhat. As much as we can. <laughs> I'm going to flip the switch back in your head so then we can play PUBG. <laughs> You're going to have to flip it hard. Uh, all right. Uh, Ooh, we're going to flip hard. Okay, I'm going to... Oh, I, I, I guess just guess so we can just mention it. Last of Us, that I finished it. Yeah, it's off the list. Episode. That's it. Okay, yeah, that's cool. it. Time's cool. up on there. Yeah, special episode. All right, I, I'll bang through another three. Uh, Kimmy, Life of Death, Life After... Life of, life of, ah, I can't fucking talk. Life Death, Let's Life go. After Beth and Smile. We're going to bang these out quick. Uh, Kimmy, uh, this is, bang this out is directed by Steven Soderbergh. Uh, I don't know nothing about it other than Zoe Kravitz in here and Bonk. Uh, this movie was bad, though. This movie is really, really bad. It was boring. It was not particularly shot well. It, the movie was about COVID, and I don't know. I didn't find that. Like I, I liked Help last week, which, I, which, which was about COVID, and that was great. This one, though, wasn't nearly as fun. Um, yeah, I got nothing, man. This movie was just really boring. It's just a bog standard thriller that seems like it was made to appeal to like throw on in the middle of the afternoon and just ignore. I, I hated it. Two out of five. I'm, I'm never going to think about it. Out of time. This is the last cool. time. Life After Beth. Uh, this one I only watched because Aubrey Plaza's in it. Uh, I actually enjoyed this one more than I was bonk. expecting. Yeah, bonk. Big bonk. Um, I enjoyed this one more than I was expecting, honestly. It was kind of fun. John C. Riley was here, too, and he was having a good time. Fucking Anna Kendrick's randomly in this movie, which I don't understand. And she's barely in it, but she's in it. Um, about a guy who's, like, girlfriend, like, dies and comes back to life as a zombie. It's fun. I mean, it's it's not... Who hasn't been there? Yeah, honestly. no doubt. It's not going to win any... It's been a while since I've made that joke. I can bring it back. <laughs> it's not going to win any awards, nor should it. It's perfectly fine. I had a fun time with it. I'll never think about it again after. Three out of five. All right, continue. Yeah. I'll be plaza, bonk cool. out of ten. Uh, smile, bought the 4K, smile, sweep, four out of five. One day I'll watch it and not tell anyone just so I can bring it up and just start calling you stupid for like 20 minutes. Straight. Fantastic. All right. Uh, <laughs> how many of you have left that are on main topics? All right. Okay. Let me see. Um, okay. One. Uh, two. There are two left that we don't share. Okay. I have seven. So should probably so, how we keep doing this Go yeah ahead, thanks i'm gonna keep going uh okay <laughs> yeah. uh let's let's do the witcher 3 and and look here's the thing about the witcher 3 oh. this is gonna be a 
Okay, yeah, you eating your words. Yeah, go for it. I love this. <laughs> this is going to be a long fucking game. So I, I, as much as like I am kind of shortchanging this, I'm not because I'm going to talk about it when we have more time and there's a lot to talk about still with this game. Uh, but Cliff Notes, it's really fucking good. I like it. Uh, it's great. It's old timey mystical at its finest. It's really solid stuff. Um, oh, <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's great. Uh, look, my biggest issues with the game so far, it runs like shit. Uh, I, I've had so many fucking crashes with this game lately, and it's really fucking annoying. Playing on my gym station five, and the crashes are getting really fucking annoying. So that's annoying. Uh, this is their revenge. Clearly. Um, and the map GPS thing, it sucks. Like, I don't understand why nobody seems to mention that. Everyone shit on Ragnarok for it, and rightfully so. I mean, it doesn't have a great map system. Uh, this one's fucking bad too, man. Like, it doesn't lead me to the right place half the time. Like, what's the point of having a fucking goddamn GPS map system in the game if it doesn't work? Shit's annoying. But beyond that, uh, story's incredible. Like, I, I'm so hooked into the story right now. The world's really great. Uh, and when it's not crashing on me, I'm getting really immersed into it. I think it's fantastic. It's uh, one of the better narrative games I've played in a long time. So really great stuff. Really excited to keep going with it. Um, and I will definitely talk about it more in the next episode. So really great so far. And that is all I have to say about The Witcher 3. You know, I was kind of ready to start the game along with the rest of you because I have it for free on PC somehow. I don't exactly even know how. I have no idea. Uh, but then, uh, Nerd, the the host of Complete Edition, a uh, much better podcast than this. Um, there was a while back when he was shit-talking Halo, and I think one of his favorite games is The Witcher. So out of spite and for my boy Master Chief, I threw away my copy of The Witcher. And uh, after that, I was like, I'm never going to play this game. And that's the thing. I, it was Enough time had passed that I had forgiven it. But then when he brought it up, it's like, well, now you've just reignited my my purpose in this. So, you know, Witcher. Sorry, get fucked. Uh, who knows if I'm ever going to play it at this point. And I think what will happen is that I think it's going to be a cycle where I soften again. And knowing how nerd is, he's going to bring it up again uh, because of just how sometimes he lacks awareness. And then I'm going to spite it again. And then the cycle continues. So, yeah, Witcher. Um, who knows? Out of 10. Cool. Fair enough. I, I, I always support a spite, so you have my full support there. Uh, okay, I'll do another few here because yeah, gotta, we got to catch up. Uh, mean Streets, yeah. Mean Streets, 1973. Like, like, Martin Scorsese, his, 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 his blueprint for Goodfellas. This is exactly what this movie is. A blueprint for early oh Goodfellas. Uh, Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel's in this. Uh, it's, it's solid stuff. Is it lower tier Scorsese? Yes. Is it still great? Yes. So, I mean, there you go. Take it as it is. Uh, it's definitely a blueprint for uh, Goodfellas and with all his crime movies to come. It's not quite fully realized there yet, but you can definitely see the brilliance there early on. There's still a lot to love with this movie. It, it's Scorsese. What the fuck do you expect? So, great stuff. Still really enjoyed it. 7 out of 10. Marty's the best. There you go. All right, so continuing, mm, yeah, I'll throw it in here. I'll throw it in here because there are two topics that I was going to give a little bit of extra time to because you know, I, I think they deserve it. Um, so I'm going to throw in here, uh, you know, continuing a little bit of Harvey Keitel action, uh, Pulp Fiction. Um, I This movie's incredible. Um, this movie's fucking perfect. 
Um, if there were ever two movies, that's the thing. I was always ready to say that if there was any Tarantino movie that would get tossed in the Criterion Collection, it would probably be Inglorious Bastards. I am now changing my answer to Pulp Fiction. Um, Pulp Fiction feels like it would be perfect in the Criterion Collection, and it would be a very nice badge of honor for this movie, considering how it did break down the door for how people consider it of indies in the 90s and it would be a good tribute to a director that is absolutely important in its fabric uh pulp fiction is fucking awesome the dialogue is perfect sometimes you just forget that if there is a person who just understands the word cool it was tarantino in the 90s because this man could just make the most minor of actions and dialogue sequence into just coolness perfection and i don't know how he even does it man pulp fiction is just such a miracle of a movie this thing is so efficient that even at 230 or 220 if you told me this movie wasn't a hair over 140 i would believe you straight up so yeah pulp fiction uh this is what i want to say and then what i want to say spoiler wise is my new interpretation of the movie because my initial interpretation was way more shallow and that's the thing i don't even think like i mean shallow in a bad way i mean like i just kind of thought that with the title being pulp fiction that if you took it way more shallow that that is a completely okay interpretation so yeah pulp fiction fucking incredible your turn yeah i mean i literally just talked about in the last episode uh by the way is this is this being shelved for you i'm curious uh, I watched it streaming. Um, it, it's so weird that like this, this is one of those weird cases where if I didn't, ha- Oh God, I don't, <laughs> I've never found out how to square this properly because there are some movies that are on my shelf that like, if you asked me like, is this good enough to be on your shelf? I would just tell you straight up. Absolutely. Yes. But then when push comes to shove, I don't know if I'd ever put it on there, like go out of my way and do it. So I think Pulp Fiction might be in this weird valley where I may prefer it over a bunch of other movies that I have on my shelf. And even then, I still don't think I'm going to go out of my way. And I don't know how to square it. I, I really don't. That's fair. Actually, you know what? I know how to square it in the same way that Uma Thurman doesn't know how to draw yeah, a square. There you go. Uh, pop, uh, pop fiction. Yeah. Like I talked about it last episode. Uh, movie's incredible. Probably the cool one, like probably the coolest movie of all time. I don't know. There might be some more there, but it's definitely one of them, Matt. It's so fucking cool. It's so effortlessly written. Like one of just the script and the dialogue. It's also fucking fantastic in this movie. Uh, it's, it's, it's a top 20 movie of all time for me. Um, it's, it's probably like my, my personal favorite Tarantino movie is Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Pulp Fiction might be his best though. I don't know. It's just so perfect. Like you said, uh, it's just, you want to talk about cinema. It's, it's cinema. And yeah, if you're going to put one of his movies in the Criterion collection, uh, I wouldn't argue that. I think Pulp Fiction is absolutely the right choice. And that is the one that you would put in there because that just showcases everything he's about and it's perfect. And I, and I don't think anyone would argue that. So great fucking movie. Uh, obviously one of the goats for sure. Nine out of 10. God, that's, 10 just, out of 10, excuse me. that's so weird to think about best. 
God, what would I? Oh, that is a, you know what? I'm going to take the bitch way out. I'm not going to figure out an answer because I don't know if there's a way that you can go wrong with either of those. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm skipping that one. I don't want to think about it. Um, okay. So now spoilers, because I want to talk about the way I interpret this movie now. So three, two, one, I'm not even going to give a real spoiler. I'm just going to say the line. It's the wallet that says bad motherfucker on it. Um, okay, so uh, the way that I interpret this movie is that I now interpret it kind of a bit like, a, oh my God, I can't remember what movie I was going to bring up, but there's, okay, can you name me a movie that kind of feels like it's based most on faith and coincidence and all that? It's like, I know that there's a big one that I feel like I'm missing. Uh, not off the top of my head. I'm really bad for shit like that. No. I, I'm okay. sure there's something, but yeah, okay, I can't think of it. It's okay. I know someone who's listening to this is probably yelling. It's probably be Sam or Mac that are like, ah, it's this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'm, I'm ready to read Pulp Fiction that way because I, it just seems like a movie that fits itself all with kind of coincidences and, I, I hit the mic, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that one more time. So in case if I have to cut that out, it's a movie that feels like it's all about kind of coincidences and chance and fate and kind of following your gut feeling about stuff. Because like, let's go ahead and take Vincent's story because Vincent is like the one. Vincent is the key to my theory to all this because Vincent is the one who ignores the signs and is also the one who ends up dead for it so that's one thing then we have um okay we have vincent we have god i can't remember samuel jackson's character we'll just call him samuel jackson uh samuel jackson's character is a person that reads the the, god why is my brain so gone i actually have been eating so i have no excuse uh he's the one that actually reads the signs and Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Sorry, I'm I think I'm also trying to fix my PC right now, so that's probably not helping me with what I'm doing. And it's because this shit is gonna take so long that oh, are you fucking kidding me? I'm gonna have to run this shit again. Oh my god. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore this. Close. Where's the God damn it. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna do that in a second. Um so pulp fiction. Chance. Uh, Samuel Jackson, he actually reads the signs. He sees that the bullets miss him. His entire arc is something that puts more into perspective Bruce Willis's entire story as well, because pretty much I used to think that his section was the weakest, but that's because like Vincent and Samuel Jackson are just way more cooler. Like their sections are way more cooler. He has a boxing fight and uh, some sort of Spanish girlfriend. And then he stops someone from getting raped. So like, okay, cool. That, that's it. Uh, but now reframing it as chance and fade and blah, 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 blah. All of that. It makes more sense to me, even the entire Christopher Walken speech, because he's talking about basically the correct feeling that all of Bruce Willis's parents had before him, where all of his dads and grandpas were like, no, this is his watch. And just kind of like, I don't know why that's all about legacy, but something about legacy and I guess the fate of the watch leading to the decisions that 
Bruce Willis takes in the movie to even go back and help Marcellus Wallace. And I mean, the watch being the inciting incident of why he even comes back into face to face with Marcellus Wallace. Like all of it feels kind of like coincidence that she would even forget the watch. So it's the best way that I can kind of describe it, where it feels like all of this is kind of chance and coincidence that all feeds into Oh, man, my brain is so scattered. I hope I'm at least explaining through my ramblings how I how I interpret the movie now. Um, but yeah, how even how he goes back to help out Marcellus, like it feels like he could have easily just got away. But through a chance encounter of seeing Marcellus Wallace, he is now able to be in a position to help him that gets him out of you know having to run away forever. So. I hope I explained it somewhere in my rambling properly how I interpret Pulp Fiction now. Yeah, no, I, I think you definitely did. I think Pulp, Pulp Fiction, I think like you kind of said earlier, the, the cool thing about Pulp Fiction is I think you can just look at that movie at a complete base level, have really no major interpretation for it, and just kind of watch the scenes and enjoy it and, and come away with a fucking fantastic time. And uh, if you want to dig deeper, you can dig deeper. But yeah, it's definitely a theme in the movie. Like you can definitely tell, um, what is his fucking name? It's going to bother me now. Is it Jules? I want to say Jules for some reason. Yes, that Thank is you. right. That All is right. right. Uh, Jules. Jules's speech at the end is kind of like that big. Yeah, yeah, no, thing. absolutely. He he fucking tells uh, he tells Vince. He's like, get the fuck out. Like this, we 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 almost died. We should have fucking died. That should have been it. Like stop being an idiot. Get the fuck out now. Like that's it. It's over. And uh, he, you know, mm. he doesn't. Vincent doesn't listen. He goes back for for one more or however many he's. And he's the only he's one the that only dies. One that eats it. So uh, a great movie. Just just like like I said, this movie is so fucking good. You can look at it from so many different angles and so many different layers, and uh, it's just it flawlessly made. Just amazing stuff. So that's all I got. Uh, put it in the Criterion Couch is my score five out of five. Uh, all right. Uh, Nomadland. Uh, this is directed by Chloe Zhao, the director, of course, of the MCU's famous Eternals. Um, <laughs> of course, of course. Who can who could forget? Who who could have forgotten? Uh, an Oscar winner in the year 2020, starring Francis McDermott. Um, you know, this movie. I wasn't. I I heard a lot of mixed things on it. Like I know our beloved clown, uh, G Mac Buffalo and the Clown himself, and uh, our beloved Sam. Uh, Crash Bandicoot Samwise himself. I don't think either of them are particularly high on this movie, if I recall. Um, I know that for sure for Buffalo. I'm not 100% positive for Sam, but I, I feel like he didn't really like this movie. But he doesn't have a logged on Letterbox, so maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, um, I dug this movie, though. I thought it was really great, and it's actually one of my favorites of 2020 now. Uh, it feels really lonely, really isolating, which is kind of that, I think, definitely the point of it. Uh, basically about a nomad so and her just kind of doing her thing all across the world um there are definitely times when it's really slow and it's just kind of pumbling along in the plot but i appreciated that i, I don't know it got me connected into that world and that kind of movie uh i i really liked everything they were going for there so i uh, definitely glad i watched it um it's not my personal favorite movie of 2020 i mean probably nothing's gonna drop druck but uh, it was good, and I can definitely see why it won some awards. So uh, great movie. Definitely really enjoyed it, uh, and probably definitely will be better than Eternals. I can't say that for sure because I'll never watch it, though. Four out of five. Oh, whatever. Just say it. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? It's Marvel. Are we really going to give Marvel the respect no. that we give actual no. movies? No, absolutely not. All right. Uh, no. No, there, there's no, there, there's no chance I ever watch Nomad's Land. Just it sounds 
boring. And even considering how far I go into movies, it's the reality aspect of it. That's like, I don't fucking care. I don't want to see real people. I don't care about real people. Please give me more fictional characters that are properly written because real life isn't as interesting. Okay. Let's just be honest. So no. Out of 10. All no. right. All quiet on the Western front. This is directed by Edward Berger. Uh, who's done some other movies I've never seen. Uh, this is a war movie, basically showing the German side of things during World War One. Um, there's some good stuff here. Uh, definitely, I think if you're a war movie fan, you'll find a lot more to like than I am here. I am notoriously not a big war movie fan, so I liked it. Uh, I just didn't love it, but I thought it was solid. There was some good stuff here. There's a couple of moments in particular that are like, oh my God, that's kind of, uh, so there's a couple of those moments in there. Um, I actually like the score. Uh, the score feels kind of out of place at times. It doesn't really feel like a wartime score. It feels more like something you'd expect from like uh, a Dennis Villano movie, almost like one of his sci-fi movies. But I, I don't know. I dug it. I thought the score was interesting and it was kind of drew me in. I was like, oh, this is different. I wouldn't expect this from a war movie. So I appreciated that part of it. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, if you're, I mean, it's very simple. If you like war movies, you will probably find something to enjoy here. Uh, if you're like me and you're just kind of whatever on them, I still think it's a solid movie. Uh, I think it's in my top 20 for 2022. Let me double check quickly. It is. I'll go ahead and speak while you're yeah, sorry. It, 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 it's literally forward. number 20. So that's it. That's all I have to say. Seven out of 10. I will probably watch the original and probably get the remake. out of cool. uh, All right. Never let me go. This was in 2010 directed by Mark Romanek. Uh, who also directed one hour photo, funny enough, with uh, Robin Williams. I actually don't have this log, but I have seen it. Hmm. So that's funny that I don't have it logged, which I actually didn't mind this movie. Add so it. I'm going to add it. Uh, I think we'll go we'll go six out of ten on that. It's solid. I didn't love it. Uh, okay. But yeah, never let me go. Uh, and, uh, this movie, uh, directed in 2010, Mark Romanek, uh, starring Carrie Mulligan, Kira Knightley, Andrew Garfield. Mr. Andrew Garfield making another appearance on my screen. Love you, boy. Uh Really interesting movie. I didn't know much about this. Literally, the only things I really knew about it was that it was Carrie Mulligan and Andrew Garfield. And sometimes I'll go on Letterboxd and just like click on actors and like add a bunch of interesting looking movies off their watch list if I really like them. Like in the case of Carrie Mulligan and Andrew Garfield. Um, th- yeah, this is just a weird movie. I guess it's based off a book. Uh, it's kind of sci-fi, which I wasn't expecting. In the future, kids are being basically growing to harvest their organs to other adults. They're clones. Uh, so yeah, Dope. interesting idea. Uh, I mean, is it, it's, it's interesting. It, it, I think they could have done more with the concept and I don't know if that's like, like, I don't know anything about the book or how that goes obviously, but like, I feel like it's a super dark concept and they could have gone more with it, but of course they don't really go that dark with it. It's more kind of PG affair and focuses more on like a romantic side of things. Uh, but you know, honestly, I dug it. It was interesting enough. It was well acted, really you know, really interesting stuff. So I love it, but uh, definitely worth a watch one time, I think. And uh, yeah, Andrew Garfield, shout out to him. I love him still. And Karen Mulligan too. Great actors. Uh, Karen Knightley's okay. So she's whatever. Seven out of 10. Don't hold me to it. It's probably on my watch list because it's Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Cool. Uh, okay. Midnight Cowboy. This is directed in 1969. <laughs> Gay. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Uh, by John <laughs> Schleisinger. <laughs> uh, you, this movie's great. 
God, that's such a good last name. Right? <laughs> She's sl- singing, slinging the sly. Um, hey, slinging yeah, the sly. Great, great movie though. Holy shit, great movie. Uh, so yeah, John Voight, Dustin Hoffman. It's about a cowboy who decides, hey, I'm gonna go to New York City and become a be- and get like buy myself a sugar mummy and like banger and like make lots of money. He realizes that's not quite how that's gonna work. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, and he goes in a different direction. But uh, hey, great movie! I really like this movie. Um, the the character like John Voight and Dustin Hoffman play each other play off each other so well in this movie and just carry each other. Um, and it's really really well made in that regard. Uh, just a classic. I can definitely see why this got so much attention at the time. Uh, and it feels like you know pretty risque stuff for 1969. <laughs> just realized it was I mean, it's perfect for the year. Yeah. Like, yeah, no doubt. But yeah, so definitely, definitely one worth watching. I think for everyone, uh, it's a classic and deserves a lot of love. So eight out of 10 for me. Um, yeah, I'll I'll probably watch this one at some point. Who the fuck knows when, but I've had my eye on this one for a while because I think it might be the only rated X movie to have ever won best picture or nominated. I don't remember. It's one of those two, or maybe I'm getting that mixed up. Yeah, um, this one I am curious about. At this point, I will watch it. Who knows when that is? All right, and then I have got one more here before we before we go, um, and that is Run Lola Run, and this is directed by Tom Tykwer. Uh, in 1998, uh, by yeah Tom Tykwer, and stars Franca Franca Potenent. I'm saying her fucking name wrong. Funny enough, she said a really. She had sure, a big yeah, career yeah, and a lot guy. of different shit. So shout out to her um, and Bonk in this movie. Cause holy shit, Bonk. But anyways, um, this movie, <laughs> holy fuck, this movie is good. This movie single-handedly makes me angry that uh, we did not get the Sony Classic uh, 4K collection out here because this is in it. And I'm really pissy that I have no way to watch this in 4K now because this movie is so fucking rad. Uh, very reminiscent of Crank, which obviously Crank, I think, bored a lot from this. But yeah, it's just a nonstop... Uh, very tight. I think it's 80, barely an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, just nonstop about this girl who's got to go save her boyfriend. And she basically sees it playing out in a bunch of different ways. But this movie is just great. It's, it's like I said, action packed, well acted, somehow leaves things open to interpretation and has some deep moments in it. Uh, I was blown away by this movie uh, and I love it. It's great. If we're talking about favorite action movies, Definitely this one's up there for me. Just fantastic stuff. Um, run little run. I uh, if you God, I why are we having so much problems with words? Words are difficult. Um so oh, my fucking brain again. Run little run. If you want to watch it in 4K, I could probably let you borrow it the same way that I let you borrow uh Midsummer, uh, just because that's how I like. I bought the Sony collection, uh, like I mentioned last episode, and I did get my refund for it. Thanks, Best Buy, for screwing up. Um, so I have it. If you want to borrow, that's okay. I don't know when I'm gonna watch it because I still need to get through the Columbia pictures. Because every time that Sony puts out a collection, my brain goes okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's in the house, though. So, you know, that gives it better shots than a whole bunch of other stuff. So get into it out of 10. Cool. And yeah, I'll definitely consider that because movie rocks. Uh, 9 out of 10. Great shit. 
everything I have left is something we share. So that's it for me. Okay, perfect. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get this here. Uh, Movie of the fucking year. Um, Avatar 2. We should (laughs) watch you in the waves. Um, So Avatar 2. This is a fucking fun time. God damn it. Oh, this is only a movie that you can make when two movies you've made have collectively made five billion dollars. That's the only way you can make a movie where 30 minutes is just like, hey, what if we just float in the water, man? You want to just vibe a little bit? You just want to you want to just enjoy your life. And um, yeah, yeah, I kind of do. James Cameron, I do. So. I just really like the movie. I really like the cliches. I like the fact that it just goes so ridiculous sometimes and the movie just goes, what are you going to do? You're going to complain about it. You're just falling into my trap right there. If you're complaining about it, because I know boldface what I'm doing, which is I'm giving you cliches and I'm giving it to you. Not even like I'm, we're we're I'm so done of the Marvel thing of like we're winking and nodding while letting you know that we know what we're doing is stupid. Oh, can we change the superhero name? <laughs> no, no, this movie goes. No, no, his name is Jake Sully, and that's his name. You got a problem with it? And it's like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, we're just gonna take it like that. Let's go. Um, I yeah. I'm just going to say this just because it's very insulting and I believe it. Avatar 2 was tapping more of my parental brain than the fucking Last of Us did, which is father daughter. Like, it's literally right there. This movie was clicking more of my brain with my parental worries. So shout out to this movie. Uh, Okay, I hadn't spoken about this because I wanted you to hear this live, which is that the high frame rate. High frame rate probably belongs in the same trapping that 3D does, which is that most people are going to misuse this. Most people misuse it. Cameron, Cameron, I would say 25% of the movie that he is using high frame rate. I am kind of like, oh, God, why did you do that? And then there's 50% where it happens. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I have no problem with that. And then there's 25% where I'm like, oh, shit, that's actually pretty dope. So that means that for a good portion of the movie, I could do without it. So I'm ready to accept that HFR, even James Cameron, couldn't make it work entirely. Is it going to be an issue for me? No, absolutely not. If, if Even the next movie, I'll probably watch it in HFR because James Cameron is a man that I'm willing to give an insane amount of chances to. So if you tell me that it didn't work out the first time, that's fine, baby. You want to try again? Oh, you want to try three more times? You want to try seven more times? I'm right there for you, okay? Because I'm ready to run this movie series into the fucking ground let's go ahead and joe because i'd like to believe that james cameron is going to book author this where he's going to get to the end he's going to die and then other people had to finish it which means that his sterling record of his time with avatar is going to be golden and only when other people come in are they going to fuck it up so yeah avatar 2 
that's just, oh my god i wish i wish this movie was four hours long and i just kind of wish that the 30 minutes of just floating in the water was like an hour and a half because that shit was so vibey the music is so good i love that james cameron probably threatened the composer to be like you are going to sound like james horner or i'm going to stab your family in the throat in front of you for every note i don't like that you play so get to it because james cameron's a psycho person like that but yeah oh my god i'm totally gonna go watch this one in theaters again i oh my god i need to figure out when's the proper time to go out and watch it again (sighs) it's just a good movie i just really enjoyed this avatar 2 god damn i want that 4k out of 10 yeah uh no just just no to most of that um, I will say this, mm. I, I will say this, uh, I have softened my stance uh, somewhat. So if somebody would like to pay me money, um, uh, my email is N a Z Z Y dot F a N dot 88 at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to email me okay. and, uh, we will figure out a way for you to pay me money and then I will go see this movie in theaters. Otherwise, uh, I will be watching, uh, it in, uh, on Disney plus when it hits eventually, mm. Um, and I'm very content doing that. Uh, Avatar one didn't do much for me. I have heard Avatar two is more of the same. I I don't get it, but hey, people like it. What am I to say? I knew it was going to be a huge financial success, and it is a huge financial success. It is what it is. Uh, give me fucking true lies on 4K, Jimmy, and then I will ignore what you do for the rest of eternity, and I will not shit talk it anymore. That is a promise. There you go. I want you to know that everything that you said about Avatar, I'm going to bring this back up. Everything that you said about Avatar, just imagine if you were like, oh, my God, Dunkirk. Oh, my God, all this. And then someone said, "Eh, I'll just wait until it's streaming on HBO Max. I mean, look, it's uh, here's the difference, though. And I'm just I'm not trying to be an asshole, but here's the difference. Dunkirk. And I do feel like Dunkirk is a better movie in the theaters. Absolutely. Let me start off with that. Dunkirk still has a fucking story I care about. There are still characters I fucking story. There's a story in Dunkirk. There are still fucking characters I care about in Dunkirk. So I oh god, yes. Oh my god, there are. I'm not saying there. Was it British boy or was it British boy? No, it's uh, fucking uh, Tom Hardy with another mask. Oh, British boy. (laughs) So there are some characters I care about in this movie. So it's still a a good movie for me, uh, even if you watch it at home. I do think it's a preferable experience in theaters. I'm sure Avatar 2 is a preferable experience in theaters. I'm not saying it isn't. But when it's only an experience in theaters, like there is, if there is nothing for you to take home from a 4K watch on this, I have an issue with that. There's got to be something there. Now, you just said to me, hey, I'm excited to watch this on 4K, so it should still be at least a decent at-home experience. Because I have a theater wow. room. <laughs> I mean, it should be a, if a movie... A movie should not work only in theaters. I have an issue with that. If a movie it only will work, that's the pure cinema. That's pure I just cinema I, right it, it, I don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a big theater guy. I've seen fucking more movies in theaters than probably most people in that entire fucking Discord this year. Besides maybe Buffalo the Clown himself, but. That doesn't count, okay? He's taking in a tablet while watching movies in theaters. So I've seen a... He's, if he's sitting in there alone, he's asking the projector, hey, can you put this at 1.5 speed? You got a five-minute special feature I can watch after. Um, 
so I can log that too. Hey, Letterboxd, I've been emailing you. Can you please add the special features from Seven Samurai into Letterboxd, please? Oh, fuck me. Uh, no. I'll call it. <laughs> but yeah, I've supported the cinema a lot this year. I love the cinema. And I just, I don't see the point in seeing a movie in cinema that is as from what I've heard, again, I don't know for sure, that is as terribly written as fucking Avatar 1 was. I don't know. Okay, okay, if someone's saying it's terribly written, like, it's that's a thing, though. There's a fine line between intentionals, like, cheese, and then just, like, stupidity. I'd say, like, there's literally maybe one moment that is just stupid. And uh, you know what? It's one of my favorite tropes now, which is I'm not going to kill you because it'll make me just as bad as you. And it's like, no, you probably should have killed them. Actually, you fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, so af- besides that, it's more just cliche and cheese. I wouldn't even say it's dumb. It's just cliche and cheese. And it's like, oh, there's just something nice about getting something simple. It's not even like poorly written. It's just simple and it just feels good because it's the world and the visuals that are just carrying me through because it's fucking vibes. Like you just, of course you don't because you just want to be miserable, but the movie just feels good. It feels like it feels like and this is going to sound really insulting and it kind of is in a way, but it it feels like the difference between Avatar and the MCU is a soul. And I'm saying Avatar has a soul, so so I'm not saying it's bad, uh, but there's a soul there. And I, and I appreciate that. And I understand that, but it's still just not for me, the big blockbuster stuff, unless there's, I gotta have some form of intelligence there. And I feel like when you. But, the, the, but there's intelligence in being able to recognize that you're not you're not you the audience is okay with a cliche instead of going with a wink wink i just don't want cliche after broken cliche after broken cliche i want more but they're not broken they're not broken this man this man gives it to you like it's fucking look cold. look, look. jimmy i'm gonna let you live in peace just give me my fucking true lies 4k or blu-ray i don't care just fucking give me true lies on a format that i can goddamn okay. watch Come on, here's the thing, though. You're really thinking that you're going to have James Cameron give no, you something? No, obviously not. Do you remember this man talking about apes? <laughs> I fucking love that we're, story, we're gonna, okay? Because like that's perfectly James we're gonna, Cameron. We're, right we're going to have a documentary on the fucking him, them two being able to fit on the board of Titanic, or, or that they wouldn't have been able to fit on the board of Titanic. We're going to have that in 4K, then we'll, we'll have that before True Lies. Fuck, Jimmy. Okay, to be fair though, that's like straight up hater shit. Like I fucking Oh, I, I think it it's hilarious too. Just like, you know. <laughs> no, no, but here's the thing. It becomes extra hater shit when you consider the fact that it's like y'all bitches have been complaining about this. I'm going to catch all of y'all in 4K now with your stupid <laughs> complaints. <laughs> literally about why you're literally, wrong. Literally caught in 4K. Literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's literally uh, doing cotton 4K. Jimmy, man. True lies, though. St- true lies, though. Streaming in 480p on, on fucking Peacock. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Uh, I'm not even joking. My wife was looking through movies on Peacock. I was like, true lies. That's a good movie. And then next thing you know, she puts it on. And there's a message that says, this movie is slightly altered from its original oh, version. It's God. been fit to, to fit your Scared. screen. And at that point point at that point it looked like a fucking cutscene from a video game on ps2 and i was like no no my wife was sitting just waiting like it's gonna pop in right i'm like i think so and nope 
Nope, it did not pop in. It was tiny as hell on our fucking 65-inch screen, and we were just like, oh, no. <sighs> so James Cameron is probably going to tell you the same thing that he told Weta, which is, if you think these fucking monkeys are impressive, then I chose the wrong people. Oh, whatever. Look, I, I like Jimmy. I, I like him a lot, but Avatar, no. No, just no. Just no. I, I I've sent I've sent you twenty dollars American, which is like twenty thousand dollars Canadian. Uh, just 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 get yourself a, a combo. Wait, did you two. send it? No. Okay. I was gonna say I didn't see anything. Good. P- please don't, because I don't actually want to see it. Uh, so I would appreciate it if you know. You literally put the call. Yeah, well, you put because I didn't think anyone would actually fucking do it. And my and you think I wouldn't do it. Do you really? I sent you a copy of Breath of the Wild. You think I won't look, do I, look, it? I put. I just want somebody to send me a goofy email. That's why I put it out there. That's not even my PayPal email. That's literally just my fucking my personal email that I use for goofy shit. So I was hoping. Well, although somebody's probably gonna send some fucking subscribe it to some porn links. So I, that's a, no. Cut this out. Cut all of this out. I mean, to be fair, don't, to be fair, you have no problem with that, okay? Like, as long as it's the right. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not. Yeah, right. Anyways, <laughs> as long as it's the right. Look, Jimmy, Jimmy, God bless you. If if, if there is twenty dollars in my PayPal at any point, uh, I will go watch this uh, at sometime in January because I have lots of free time. But that's all I have to say. Uh, you finish off. You if you have anything else, but that, that's that's it. Um. Yeah, no, no, I just want to emphasize that this awoke something. Oh, you know what? No, 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 I'll mention this. My wife was a goddamn mess at the end of the movie. <laughs> Complete fucking mess. I, I, I was shocked. But, you know, it. she agreed with me that this movie clicked a part of her now parent brain. And it's like, whoa, well, what the fuck, Jimmy? How'd you do that? What? It's Avatar 2. Why am I thinking about my child? Thanks, Jimmy. The power of uh, filmmaking. So, yeah. God bless. Oh, this fucking movie's so good. I can't wait, man. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, Avatar two. Give me that four K out of ten. That's that's all I got. I think now we're ready to do. Our yeah, big the big four, as they say. Uh, okay. All right. From here, do as you will. Um. So you want me to pick the first one? All yeah. right. Well, let's 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 do this one first because I think we. I don't know. Actually, well, I don't know. Well, we're going to start with Empire of Light. Well, that's where I'm going to go. Um, Empire of Light. So, yeah, this. So, I saw Empire of Light and The Whale back to back. So, Empire of Light. Uh, directed by Sam Mendes, obviously. Um, shot by the always wonderful Roger Deakins. Um, yeah. The, and this movie is a treat, visual, visually, obviously, because you know it's Deakins. Um, I walked out of this movie pretty negative on it but not as negative as some of the people I've seen. And I have grown very slightly more positive um, about it over time. I think my biggest issue with this movie at the end of the day is this. I have been seeing so often the uh, love letter to cinema so often lately. And this is just the worst one I've seen. That that's just it. This is just this is the least of them I have seen. Uh, I think the Fablemans was 
light years better than this. I think Cinema Paradiso was light years better than this. Uh, I've seen some really fucking good movies tackling this this year. This is not that. It's still, there are still things I really like about this movie. Olivia Coleman fucking rocks this movie. She is so good in this movie. Uh, and her performance, I think, is kind of underrated. I don't think it's going to get a lot of recognition or any recognition whatsoever. Um, Michael Ward is very solid. Colin Firth, I love him. He's great here too in his small supporting role. So there's lots of stuff I like there. Uh, like I said, cinematography wise, this is fucking gorgeous. There are so many painting like shots. Like how Deacons continues to do this over and over again, I will never understand. But the man is just flawless when it comes to movie shot. And at the very minimum, you know, if you're going to see something made or with cinematography by Deacons, you're going to get a visual feast. Bar none. So at least you got that going for it. Um, my big, like, besides that issue, I, I just feel that it was too scattered. This movie too. Like if you want to be a love letter to cinema, great focus on that. But then you've got uh, racism issues in this. You've got mental health issues in this. You've got political you, issues. You in can't this. throw racism and, into like the middle of the second act. Like you can't do that. Like you need to have that. Yeah. Shit the there's beginning. just a lot going on here and it just feels like you're trying to tug too many different things at once. And while I appreciate the ambition there and I, I still think Sam Mendes is a really solid director. Um, again, he's made a lot of shit I really like. I love Jarhead. I love uh, Skyfall, obviously. Uh, 1917, I think, is good. Like, I think it's really good, um, even if it's not my favorite. So I think that's a good movie, too. Solid war movie. Again, war movies. And me. You know that. But, uh, yeah. I, like, I mean, there's a, a lot to like with this movie. It just left me a little bit cold at the end of the day. But I do think people are being a little bit too harsh on it. Like, I don't think it's as bad as people are saying. So. All right. So Empire of Light, I knew nothing about it. I honestly thought that it was the trifecta that made me love 1917 as much as I did. I thought it was Deacons. I thought it was Mendez. And I thought it was the composer that, of course, while making while recording a podcast, you can never remember names. Uh, Thomas something. Uh, the composers for this movie, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. No. No, 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 no. Oh, 1970. I'm sorry. Uh, give me, give me one second. I can find it. I can find it. Da, 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 da. Thomas Newman. Yes, Thomas Correct. Newman. That's right. Uh, so Thomas Newman is a guy who I think has actually worked with um, Sam Mendes often. Um, and what I kind of liked about his music in 1917 is that it does play like a big prominent role while still fitting into the movie. It's one of those weird things that like the score is tied to the movie, but like you wouldn't be able to listen to it separately, but it still has such a strong identity inside the movie that like if that were missing, the movie would be substantially worse. So I thought he was going to be in here. So imagine my surprise when I was looking at the credits and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross popped up. I was like, oh, well, huh? Okay, whoops, that was my mistake. Like, that's the thing. I went so blind to this movie. I had no idea what I was walking into. I'm walking in and that's a thing the the whole section of like um the love letter to cinema feels like it just pops up like it's it's pervasive because they're working at a theater but it never felt like the actual focus and then you get to the end of the movie which spoilers look i'm not even i'm not even gonna do a countdown just go ahead and skip this entire section because i don't feel like this movie is good enough to spoiler tag the spoilers are the shots okay just don't look at screenshots that's it that's the spoilers for the movie uh it just feels weird that like oh man my mental health is now fixed because i watched a movie it's like that 
is that really the ending of the movie? Like, it's a love letter to cinema, and it fixed my suicidal thoughts. It's like, that's just weird, man. Like, you did not properly build up her even being interested enough in movies. Like, she gets asked, hey, do you ever just walk in to watch a movie? No, that's fine. And that's it. Like, they ask her that twice. So you set it up, but, like, that is such a fucking huge leap that a movie's going to hit her that hard that her depression is fixed. Like, I just don't buy it. Um the other thing, I guess, is, yes, the cinematography. Oh, my God, the fucking fireworks. I don't know if I've seen Deacons ever be around fireworks. I need this man to shoot, like, a, a one-shot movie at New Year's Eve. That's it. I don't I don't care what it is. It could be, have literally anyone write it. Anyone who is a strong writer, just have them write it. Have characters going back and forth. Just do it so Deacons can be around fireworks. I don't fucking care. This man has pretty much won me over that if he's shooting a movie and if the director is like, okay... I'm going to show up because I just need more cinematography in my life. Um, Olivia Colman. Yes, she is good. She is good. But I just feel like the writing fails her because this yeah, character. I, like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like she's dating a teenager. That's like, I don't know, like 20 years younger than her. I don't understand why they even made that choice to make him so young. Is it so he can go off to college? Like, I feel like there's enough bullshit that you can just create something that makes him leave instead of college. Like, I don't really get the reason for the age gap between them. Uh, Colin Firth, fucking incredible. The entire scene where um, uh, Olivia Coleman blows up their affair in front of his wife. God, that was really good. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I, you mentioned it's four different, different plot, plot lines. I think it's more like just two. It's Olivia Coleman and her life. And then the black kid's life. Like that's pretty much it, but it just feels weird that both of these things, they intermix with each other. And then there's a third track that pervases both of them. Like, it, it's not even like a third track separately. It's more like interweaving with both of their stories, which is movies. But it gives so much focus to them as a couple that by the time movies are actually taken into consideration, it's like, this is really weird. Like, fucking movie saved my depression. We like. I don't I don't buy it, but like gorgeous cinematography and also like Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were totally smoking the social network pack on this one. Like, man, this fucking music was so reminiscent of that. And it's not even like, uh, ah, you bastards, you just rip yourselves off. Like, no, that was fucking dope. I need more of that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Empire Light. I it's not a good movie, but honestly, it sounded great and it looked pretty and there was good acting even if the writing failed most of it but yeah no i i'm probably never watching this one again but i will be very happy when people clip this on twitter of like yo dude the cinematography and that'll probably be it yeah i'm fully aligned with there with you there i agree it's like a five out of ten for me um shout out to trent resonaticus ross though love them they're great uh they were great here too um, and there was one more thing I wanted to say. Oh, um, this movie actually, I, I'm gonna have to watch it again because I only seen it once, and I do think I want to rewatch it now. Uh, but I feel like at the end of this movie, I appreciated 1917 more. 
because I feel like I feel like too many people are just like 1917 is nothing more. No, that's just clown. Well, that's just well, no, but yeah, Sam doesn't like it either. So there, there are people out there that really don't like this movie. So I don't know. I, I feel like I. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Clown is one thing where that's taste. Sam, on the other <laughs> hand, I am willing to trust that he actually doesn't like this movie because he has probably seen so many that's other fair. movies. That's fair. I just, I've that... seen, it's not, I've seen other people mention that 1917 is nothing but just a pretty movie. And I do think it is very pretty, but I think there's more to it there. And this movie definitely made me realize that because this movie felt a lot more just like a pretty movie. I... I need to watch 1917 again because I really love it. I would have to figure out what would be my through line that I like about it and or whether if it's just the feeling of the movie, because like I can remember moments of it, but like I remember that the fucking ending puts me on my ass every single time. But I don't know if that is. I think it might be missing family. I think 1917 missing connection to other. Actually, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's just that's what it is. It's missing connection. That's what it is. That's why I fucking love 1917. It's just this longing for other people. Yeah, fuck it. I just figure out why I love 1917. Fuck. I never actually stopped to think about it. God, I want to watch 1917 again. I still need to invite those two to do a special episode. So then either they change their mind or it or they can actually explain to me why they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to hear that one. I think that one will be fun. So hopefully that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Empire of Light, it, 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 it pretty and you sound good. It's just that the words you're saying are kind of dumb. I, yeah, I, I'm right with you. To right with you. Oh, d- don't introduce racism in the uh, in the middle of your movie. That too. Yeah, please, please don't, don't. D- do that at the beginning. Just d- do that somewhere in the first act. Don't do that shit in the middle of the second act, going into the third. Like, just don't, don't do that. <laughs> when when did Get Out introduce his racism? Uh, I think it was pretty early. No, no, that was yeah, no, they, you, yeah, they, they had under they had okay, undertones right away there. Yeah, okay. I just need to be sure because no. I didn't want to immediately be like, because that's the thing. If that movie did it that early, then you know what? Yeah, I think I'm yeah, safe you're, saying you're that. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. What is. Hey, you next? pick. Which one are we doing next of these uh, big three? The Banshees oh. of Inishirin. <laughs> um, so oh. now, this oh. movie. I need explained why you guys. Oh, so much. this isn't me insulting it. Oh, this isn't. This is me okay. insulting. This is, uh, sorry, no. This is me not. Ugh, words. We're, we're, I like this movie. God damn it. Let's we're both fucking up so hard on words tonight. Like it's it's funny. I I, I don't know why, but yeah. I blame my PC I, I, okay, no, because I have my laptop in front of me and then I just keep looking at my desktop. Like why the fuck am I having to run check disk again? Yeah, I, I have no. Like I. Yeah, I, I have no excuse. It pisses me off because I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to do this officially. I'm trying to use a software to back up my hard drive. You want to know how I usually fucking back up my hard drives? I copy all of C. I copy all of C drive and I move it over to the hard drive. That's it. That's what I fucking do. It's terrible, but it brought most of my shit over. And I didn't lose anything, and I have to install stuff again. Sure, whatever. Fine. Fuck it. Okay. Moving on from technical shit. Uh, the Banshees of Inisherin. I really like this one. I understand the elements in this movie that people could love way more than I did, but I still need to hear what other people 
really liked about it because I feel like I am looking at this one pretty surface level. I understand what it's going for and I'm trying to figure out, is it one that even though I understand it and really like it, is it hitting people harder than it is for me? But you know, that's, that's my preface. You go ahead because I know you're way more positive and then I'll go ahead and. Sure. So I, I will say a lot of my explaining, I think of me liking it is kind of spoilers. So I have to be careful. Uh, so we might have to, we, yeah, okay, we have to bounce fine. into that eventually, but, um, from a surface level and not diving into spoilers. Um, I mean, for me, the Banshees of Inishirin, for first of all, I mean, it's just one of my favorite performances of the year from Colin Farrell here who is just absolutely outstanding in his care. And, and his, it's his character arc of Pad, uh, Padrick um, that is just so phenomenal to me in this movie and is so excellently done um, seeing where he starts the movie and seeing where he ends the movie. Um, and that's as kind of vague as I can be about it. Um, but Brendan Gleeson is just tremendous too, as calm. Uh, they play off each other so well. These two obviously have amazing chemistry. Um, I hope you watch in Bruges soon or at some point, so you can see more of these two just fucking playing perfectly off of each other. Um, but yeah, he's great too. Um, Barry Keegan still want to punch him in the face. So yeah, there's that. Um, and Oh, come on. This is perfect. Though. This like, is this perfect. Is, this is yeah. exactly who I like to believe that. No, th- is. this is the type of role he needs to do because this is exactly who I believe he is. So it's, uh, it's perfect in that regard. Uh, but yeah, it's just, there's, it's something about this movie that kind of starts in one place and then you kind of go through these arcs of these characters and they end in a completely different place. Um, and you kind of just watch, I mean, the, the, the basic crux of the movie for anyone who doesn't know, and this isn't really a spoiler is just after one day after being friends for years and years and years, uh, you Colm just decides he doesn't want to be Patrick's friend anymore. And that's it. And then, then you kind of just kind of go into this movie where it just starts getting slightly more insane and things start happening. And yeah, I just, there, there's, there's so much to appreciate about this movie from I think just the script alone and the ideas they're going for. And like I said, we'll jump into spoilers, I think, in a minute here, and I can kind of go a bit more into detail here. But um, I, I guess from a surface level, like I said, the biggest thing for me is just kind of the arcs of these characters and where they start the movie and where they end the movie and just kind of what they were going for. It, it just really hit hard for me, man. And I don't know, I still I still haven't decided if this is my favorite Martin McDonoughey movie. I think I'm still going to lean towards Three Billboards. I really fucking love Three Billboards, too. Uh, oh, God, he was Three Billboards. Yes, Holy shit. Yes. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was in Bruges. Uh, no, sorry, Seven Psychopaths in Bruges and then yeah. this. I don't know why. I just don't remember. Three no, he did Three Billboards, too. Uh, but yeah, so... Love this movie. Great. And uh, to piggyback off of you, you absolutely nailed it. This is cinema's best Jenny. I I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) That was my review on Letterboxd. I just wrote cinema's best Jenny. It's Um, so true. That little miniature donkey. I just want to give her a (laughs) hug. Um, All right. So I guess I will jump on from there. Um, Fancies of Inishering. I think what I mostly dig about it is I just kind of dig the vibe the movie's going for. It feels like it's just like very quietly comedic. Like it's not intentionally trying to go over the top. It's it definitely does have a style that like definitely isn't realistic because I, I don't know how best to describe it. 
it feels like it would be a comedy with the way that it's written, like how when a whole bunch of people end up repeating the same line and it eventually just becomes funny, like you feel like there's a bit of right. Is this your first Martin McDonough movie? Sorry. No, I mean, oh, you've seen three billboards. Okay. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, well, that's all, the thing. Like, I just didn't remember there. that. that and was I feel him. all of his movies are like that. Like, they have that kind of undertone of comedy to them. They're all like, they're not trying to be funny on purpose, but they just fucking kind of are. Uh, I felt that way with Three Billboards. Mm. Definitely feel that way with Inverge as well. So, Banshees, I feel like, is more written. I, I feel like at least Three Billboards, from what I remember, that movie felt more like it was trying to give the characters a bit of a different feeling to each one of them. But then again, that might not be, that's probably, that's an observation, not a complaint. And it may be more of, well, it's a small town off the coast of what Ireland and these people, what is it? A town of like less than 50 people. So if it's conceivable that all of them could sound alike. So, Hey, maybe that's just a thing of small town living. I don't know. So maybe not really a complaint, just an observation. And it may be just something that I I feel like I have to split hairs to figure out why I don't love it as much as everyone else does. But like, I enjoy the the fact that the plot is that like the, the plot just is so simple. And then by the time you get to the end of the movie, it's like, Jesus Christ, what? This is just. This is just about a friendship breakup. Why is this going? Why did this end up here? <laughs> and I had to imagine that a lot of it. No, I don't. I don't even know. Would because like my brain digging deep wants to think about mortality, but then like I don't know where to follow up that thought. So I think at this point we might have to go into spoilers. Uh, you really love this one. I still really like it. I think it's just one that. I really like, I think maybe I don't get it fully yet to enjoy it more, or I may get it and just be like, huh, I think that just missed me a little. Yeah, fair enough. No, I really love it. So we can jump into spoilers. Do you want to start or or want me to? Yeah, you, right. you go for it. No, that's the thing. I, I still need, I still feel like I yeah. need help guidance yeah. because I know that this movie is good. And part of me just feels like, am I missing yeah. something? Like, what is there something that's going to kick me in? Okay, so here we go. Three, two, one. Jenny dies. Okay, so um, look, here is the thing for me from first of all, obviously, we're looking. I think we look at this movie partially as a um, analogy. I think it's the right word uh, for the Irish. Yeah, basically, it's basically we're, we're looking at an Irish civil war. That's what's happening in the movie, and that's basically what's happening between these two ter- characters, uh, Patrick and uh, Cole. They, they basically have started their own little war with each other. Um, for like most wars, really nothing, no reason either, just stupidity. Um, for me, why this movie works just so well is just literally that is just watching Patrick start as this village idiot who just is completely fine to live out his entire life going to the pub, drinking spouting his probably stupid bullshit, getting a little bit too drunk and going home and sleeping. And even his sister, um, who I can't fucking try to pronounce her name, but Carrie Condon, um, in the movie, or as the actress in real life, um, you know, she has bigger dreams. She wants to aspire to be something, uh, calm. He he's like, man, I'm going to die soon. Like I want to do something different with my life. And you see him attempting to do that in this movie with, you know, just with his music and his, uh, his playing of, of the violin. 
Um, with Patrick, though, he's just perfectly content to drink his life away. And that's fine. He's happy doing that. There's no issues there. Yeah. Fine. I'm well, shut up. I'll respect you, my friend. Um, and, but yeah, then it just, it starts getting so dark and sinister, you know, when, you know, you get calm being like, no, you know what? You keep fucking around with me. I'm going to start chopping off my fingers, fucker. And of course, you know, Patrick's like, oh, you're, you're not actually, gonna, you're not going to do that. Yeah, come on, man. You're not actually going to do that. <laughs> fucking starts to do it. <laughs> and the, the absurdity of the situation, it just gets ridiculous. Like, it's like, oh my God, he's like doing it. Like, no, bro, chill. Stop. Stop. Patrick, he's going to fucking kill himself. Don't do it. Um, I love when he throws so good. it at the door, the and I love blood. how much they focus on the blood just dripping constantly. I, the thud was... This man's at the fucking bar, just still bleeding. I saw this in theaters, and the thud, when that fucking finger hits the door, is so loud. It's great. <laughs> oh, dude, I, no, no, no. I watched it in my yeah. theater room, okay? And I think I, I had Elena in my arms, and I was like, oh, she jumped a it's little. It's so good. But yeah, so you so, you know, and then it just, he slowly... Podrick starts to get pulled into this, this absurdity of the situation. And he becomes angry and bitter. And the movie ends basically with him being the exact thing he didn't want to be. He mentions earlier in the movie that everyone on this Island is just basically a bitter old person waiting to die. And here he is by the end of the movie. He is a bitter old person with nothing left to live for at this point, other than trying to basically kill home. That's all he wants to do at this point now is make his life a living hell because he lost his Jenny. Um, and it's horrible. It's, it's, it's horrible. It just, it's so depressing. And it, and it kind of, it's one of those things that like takes like a little bit to hit that. It's like, Oh man, that's, it's kind of fucked up. And then I left the theater and I'm like, Oh man, that's really fucked up. Like he's, he's fucking bitter now, man. He's, he's done. Like, like, that's it. That's his life now. Like he's got nothing left to live for at this point. Like he's literally just going to be a piece of shit now until he dies. And it's sad. And it's just so, so incredibly well acted by Colin Farrell. Uh, he's going to get an Oscar nomination and he very well might win it. And very deservingly So if he does, because I thought it was a tremendous performance. Um, and that that's, that's part of why I like it so much. There's a lot more to it. it I, and again, I'm, I don't go as deep into movies as some people do. I'm sure there's a lot more there, but, uh, I just really dug that. And it's definitely a top five movie for me this year. It's, it's great stuff. Okay. So I definitely like it more. I don't think it's still bringing me up more to where everyone else is, but that's the thing. I hadn't really thought about the whole aspect of the bitter and ready to die part. I just more of took it as, Ah, well, <laughs> this man, he now has a goal, not a good goal, but he now has That's a true. goal. He's not just going to be drinking away most of his life. That's true. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, no, no. Okay, it, it is good. It is good. It, I still accept that it is Kino. I will accept anyone putting a Kino on it. I like it. I, I will leave it there. I feel bad because I feel like I'm shortchanging this movie. Do you like three billboards more out of curiosity? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing. I feel like both of these are still within the camp of like that was very good. I don't ever think they'd be favorites. That's... I don't know, man. I think I really do think it is weird that like I can split myself off and be like I like this and I can accept that the quality of the movie is higher than where I like it, but then just accepting it might just be my taste, which honestly I'm glad at least my taste allows for that to be accounted instead of just like 
I don't like it as much as everyone else. I fucking That's hate fair. it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, so it's a nine out of ten for me. A, a tremendous movie. Uh, like I said, literally top five of the year for me. I think it's slotted right in at number five. So uh, I really like it. If you get a chance, get a chance to watch this. And uh, I will be very interested, Ed, when you get to uh, in Bruges because I feel that is a little bit different from stuff he's done before. Um, so it'll be interesting what you think about that one. Okay. All right. So uh, the whale or Batman? Ah, uh, let's go the whale. Okay, let's yeah, go the sure, whale. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the whale. You, I, I'm dying to hear your thoughts. So, do you want to go first? Yeah, oh. sure. Okay, so uh, the whale. Um, this movie is gorgeous. It is colorful. Uh, it's got a very good cast of characters. I'm shocked that all the villains are as well defined as they are. Um, I feel like this is the most menacing villain that I've seen in quite a while. Um, I have to admit that the performances actually were pretty comedic. There were actually well-satisfied arcs for all the characters, and I just wasn't expecting any of that. I'll leave it there vaguely. Go for it. I'm confused. No, go ahead. I'm so confused. All right. All right. Uh, I, I, did, did you watch 2013's The Whale directed by Alwark Riley? Okay. No. All right. Um, the Squid and the Whale? I'm, I'm, I, you're fucking with me somehow. Right? Anyways, all right. Whatever. I'm being fucked with. Uh, I, watched, I think I watched a completely different whale. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about the good whale here because I don't know what the fuck you want. I mean, Pinocchio, maybe? Are you talking about Pinocchio? Oh, maybe, you're, maybe you're talking about Pinocchio. Oh, good movie, though. All right. I don't know. Anyways, look, I watched, I, I, I watched The Whale, uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Uh, and, uh, we should have ended the show with this. I didn't know this was going to be this fun. Um, starring Brendan Fraser, uh, Sadie Sink, and Hong Chow. Um, I fucking love this movie. I, I mean, this movie is my favorite movie of the year. So I, I, I bawled, literally bawled bawled my eyes out in the theater uh watching this movie um and i will i mean oh, fuck i don't know if you've seen it now or not I'll, i'm gonna go into spoilers and say something um so if you haven't seen it you will have to go away but um yeah i uh <laughs> i love this movie uh brendan fraser I, I mean it is just for me there is not a more likable figure in hollywood than this man this man fucking was abused by hollywood executives fucking and he left the industry straight up and was blacklisted because of this like they're like nah you spoke out against this fuck you You, you're not gonna get work anymore like how dare you air our dirty laundry to the public and he did not work for a long long time so for him to finally be back and not only doing this but he's also in a fucking martin scorsese movie that's coming out next year that by all accounts he was great in that too which i can't wait for god bless you brandon nobody deserves this more than you like nobody and for me it's my favorite male performance of the year i don't know if he'll win it it's there's some good male performances this year with him with uh colin farrell like i just said and uh, even austin butler's office was really good so it's a stacked year with lots of great films uh, i will fucking lose my mind if he's not even nominated but uh, i could understand if he doesn't win it even though it's my personal favorite so uh, i think this movie is absolutely tremendous uh i loved 
I loved it from start to finish. Uh, it's a bit melodramatic at times, and it's definitely like a very play-like movie. Like you're like you're in one setting the entire thing, so you got to kind of be into that. Um, but I love that sort of thing, so I thought it was tremendous. All right, so to continue talking about this movie, um, so the one thing I will say is that I think people are kind of overrating it i think people are looking uh, that's the thing i know i'm usually talking about oh i don't like using the word overrated because i feel like it i feel like usually the term is underwatched or like I, I don't remember what i usually talk about man my brain is really leaving me uh this one i feel like is probably overrated i think people were just shocked from the last movie to this movie that's like what it's this good oh my god but I will say that what really made me shocked is that the animals were talking in this one. Let me tell a story. So, what was it? Yesterday? Wednesday? Tuesday? I don't remember. I was ready to go. Oh, it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. I was ready to go watch The Whale. And we have, and then I dropped off with family members. We're going to go watch this movie, right? It's in theater 10. I show up at the theater that's nearby my house. I go to theater 10 and Babylon is playing in theater. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm very confused. <laughs> what is going on here? I check my phone. The app was defaulting to the closest theater that had the whale. Oh, no. Like, 20 miles away not my closest theater so at that point well I don't know you all watch Puss in Boots The Last Wish uh, we walked into uh, we walked into Puss in Boots The Last Wish 20 minutes later right, right. hey, I'm going to see that on New Year's Okay, I, I thought like I'm man I'm st- searching through letterbox and typed in the whale I'm like what what fucking movie is he talking about i wasn't <laughs> this is why i was telling people that they weren't going to be able to guess what my secret uh movie trip was because my secret movie trip was to watch oh the way fucking god oh <laughs> uh, puss and boots well all right well, hey, now we get a bonus we get a bonus puss and boots review fuck herb i know i don't think you listen to the show but you gotta listen to this segment no, I'm not going to put the timestamp. I'm not oh, putting the timestamp. That's, that's going to be the amazing. fun part. All right, fuck. So, oh, wait, so have you seen? Did you watch the whale? Yes, All I right. did watch the whale. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Puss in Boots. Yeah, yeah first. fucking talk about Puss in Boots first. This is the weirdest double. Man, you should have fucking hinted. We could have ended the show up. This would have been gold. Anyways, whatever. No, no, but that's the thing. I wanted your response was too golden <laughs> to let you in on it, though, because you're just like. The, uh, an ensemble, the yeah, villain? You mean obesity? Well, yeah. You mean the villain I'm obesity? really racking my head for a minute there. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? And I was trying. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways, um, Puss in Boots. Uh, the animation is very gorgeous. Uh, honestly, DreamWorks actually put in effort into this one. And considering that this movie is bombing, uh, they're never going to do that again. Uh, unless maybe there's an award that shows up, but I doubt it. Um, 
But yeah, the movie is fun. Uh, it is very competent. It is very good. I'm shocked that the comedic relief didn't make me want to kill him because it feels like even while watching his scenes, I was like, man, any moment that you slip up, I'm going to hate you. And yet he just continues being super positive and makes me not want to kill him. And I'm like, I'm shocked you pulled that off. There are actual character arcs that matter. There are like three different groups of villains and all of them, like none of them feel like they're shortchanged. The actual villain, which is literal death, is actually imposing and it might actually scare children. And I'm like, this is good. Good, actually. Please scare more children. They need to understand what fear is. Um so I was pleasantly shocked that Puss in Boots was as good as it, as it is. I feel like it is absolutely overrated because people are talking about this like this is like one of the greatest animated movies ever, which it really isn't. Like, it's not like it is exactly what Rotten Tomatoes has it at, which is like high 90s in percentage of people who will like it. I'd be shocked if anyone dislike this movie. But I feel like there are way too many people who not on the percentage rating like Rotten Tomatoes, but like straight up like this is a nine out of ten, this is a ten out of ten. Like it's not that good. Like it's very good. And then when you consider what DreamWorks usually does with animated movies, you know, among their pantheon, yeah, holy shit, this is probably top five for them. Good for them. Or maybe not even top five because I'm pretty sure if I really started counting, it would be out of the top five pretty quickly. But, like, let's say within the last decade? Oh, fuck yeah, absolutely. That's an easy shoe in for top five. Hell, maybe even the best one. I'm maybe missing something. Hold on. It's 2022. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 is in there. So, yeah, top three. We'll, we'll cut it even down even harder so it gets a little kinder. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely overrated. People are talking about this one way too highly compared to what is actually there. So, yeah, uh, Puss in Boots. A uh, fun movie. Uh, if they make a, I mean, they're gonna make a Shrek five. Like that, that movie. Pretty much at the end of it is like it's yelling at you, Shrek five. And I'm thinking, okay, you know what? If this team goes to a Shrek five, sure, yeah, sure, I'll watch it. I don't think I'll watch it unless the whale two is accidentally in the wrong theater again. <laughs> but you know, like I'm curious. Sure, why not? Uh, in that same vein, uh, my wife put on Shrek. I, I didn't log it because like, I didn't sit down for all of it. But watching Shrek 1, I'm like, yeah, actually, I kind of like this movie less now uh, from the small bits that I watch. Uh, but I also saw small bits of Shrek 2, and I was like, I think I actually like this movie more now. And I hope she doesn't put on Shrek the third because I will kill myself right in front of her. So you, so you, do, hope, you do hope she does. Um, no, look, look, she can't handle that baby alone, okay? Like, I'm not going to. I'll, I'll try to kill myself. She'll actually probably stop me. So like, I will just, I'm just going to have the attempt in front of her. Like, I'm just going to grab a rubber band and br- have it break and just be like, shit, I'm too fat. For this. <laughs> Fair. Um, no, I'm going to see it on new year's Eve myself, uh, Puss in Boots. So I'm excited to watch that. I've heard some good things. Um, I definitely always want some more Shrek in my life. So if Shrek five is a real thing, I'm excited for that. But uh, yeah, no, I had no plans on watching Puss in Boots. I thought it was going to be terrible, but all of these overwhelmingly good reviews have changed my mind. So we will see what I think um, when I watch it. It's going to be New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, So Shrek five. 
I mean, honestly, if it's the same team and if it's the same animation style or a different animation style that fits Shrek even better because, oh boy, watching Shrek 1, like I know that animation gets better. Hell, I'm pretty sure if I watched Shrek Forever After, I wouldn't have the same problem with the animation like I do with Shrek 1. But look, looking at Shrek 1, I'm just like, man, this is rough. Like, it's, I don't know how Toy Story for me gets away with it, but Shrek 1, I'm just like, mm. but yeah. Uh, so, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, mm, it's good. I feel like it's overrated. I, I I feel like it's getting too much love considering what DreamWorks does usually. Like I feel like that's what makes sense to me. All right, the whale, the whale, the actual movie, the the movie I showed up. Uh, this one, this one hurts as well. I showed up late for this one. This, uh, this is the this is a big problem, man. Like, okay, so I've seen enough movies in theaters over the last week that I'm tired of trailers, so I intentionally try to show up late. But all that did was screw me over. So when I was running late to drop off the baby and then my wife was so tired that it's like, I need a coffee or I'll fall asleep in the movie, which to be fair, me and my exhaustion, I was oh, like, here's the thing. I have yet to fall asleep in a movie because I can usually keep myself up. The whale is good. It is very good. This is not an insult to the movie. This is just my exhaustion. I was holding my eyes open wider so I wasn't falling asleep. But we showed up 20 minutes late. So I we showed up still within the first day since the movie's broken up by days. I want to say we got to the point where he first needed to get up and we didn't even know Charlie's name at that point. Uh, shockingly, we, sh- we got a showing that has subtitles. So I was like, oh fuck yeah awesome oh my god i can understand everything they're saying now this is great um i might actually start trying to look for those uh in the future for more of my indie movies because if i can get subtitles oh absolutely man my my deaf ass is just needs it at this point um but yeah the actual movie itself uh fucking great performance by brendan fraser and by the way you said it is like a play it is a play. Uh, I when when you read the credits, the person who wrote the screenplay also wrote the play that this yeah, movie is based sense. on. So you are right. It's funny though because this movie also undercut me. I don't remember what other. Oh no, it's Babylon. Babylon undercut a joke I was gonna make. But the movie itself undercut me on an observation I was gonna make, and I was like, "Damn it! I made this observation before you confirmed it for me." Uh, the whale also did that to me. Like I want to say that it was around the end of the movie when like emotions were getting high, and there was that big argument that I was like, "Man, this is basically a stage play." And then the credits confirm it for me. I was like, "Fuck!" Now it doesn't look like it's my original <laughs> thought. Now it just looks like I read the credits. God damn it! I hate it whenever a movie does that, especially because Babylon did that to me so hard. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, the whale is anchored so hard by that performance. I think this might be Aronofsky's happiest movie, yeah. which, you know, considering him, they can't really be <laughs> that happy. But Brendan Fraser's character, you just. You just oh he's just a bucket full God, of joy, isn't he? So much yeah, and he just. He, He's just so he tries to be so fucking happy too. Like he just he just doesn't let himself like he just wants he just wants some happiness from people, man. Even if he doesn't have it for himself. This this is okay, so here's the thing. I totally had a kid just so I can have a different perspective on movies when I talk about this. (laughs) Uh, 
God damn it. Um, no, no one take that seriously. <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> what an asshole! Um, no, okay, but here's the thing. It does give me a, a different view now. Uh, his entire happy perspective with his daughter, I was just like, oh... Oh god damn it! I want to go hug my daughter right now. I feel like this man is like, oh, she's the greatest, and it's like, damn it, man, that's not too different from me having to clean this girl's shit as it's going up her back and it gets soaked into this onesie that she's been wearing for ten minutes. She's done literally nothing, but I'm just like, oh, but she's the sweetest, isn't she? So like, ah, uh, the fact that his positivity infected me that way. It's like shit man this is a new string that i didn't know movies could hit now and between this and avatar 2 i'm like fuck man i i guess i'm gonna be liking some different movies now if they hit some of these strings but even besides that like his positivity hits a different note for me but then it still hits the same note everyone else does which is like he just after all the the shit that he's gotten in his life and just how bad his weight has gotten and how he just binges his food. Like it's one of those things that like you can see that even though he is hurting himself and there are people, I mean, at least one person that cares about him, which is just the, his, uh, Oh wait, no, uh, his nurse, his nurse. Um, we're not in spoilers. I can't mention the yeah. other thing. Um, yep. Yeah, so, you just see how you want this man to be cared for, but he just hasn't in a while. And it's it's painful to watch. Uh, I think at this point, just the fact that I had to curb myself on the conversation like that, we should probably go into spoilers. We're both good and just yeah. positive on it, uh, right? Yeah, like, absolutely yeah. go for it. Yeah, we both liked one. it. Uh, and if for no other reason, Brendan, watch it for Brendan. So. Yes, no, no, absolutely. This man anchors that mm-hmm. movie with his performance yep. and deserves a nomination at the very least. Or if not, it, it'll be another moment that we can look and just be like, oh, the awards yep. fucked up again. Yeah. If he didn't get a nomination, that would be baffling. So it wouldn't surprise me from the Oscars, but I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, spoilers three, two, one i did not see his nurse being his sister-in-law of uh, i didn't see that i had no idea that her story was gonna tie into alan at all yeah. that was fucking insane that was like you know that okay you know that sticker you post the guy going yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah oh yeah exactly yeah, yes yeah. it's uh it's that <laughs> it's absolutely that because that's no, at the end of that oh, story, it's so yeah. tragic, man. Like it just, by the time you get like, by the time you get to the end of it, you're almost like, fuck man. Like I see why you, you're eating yourself to death, man. Like Jesus Christ, like, holy fuck. Some of this is horrible. And it's, it's just, <sighs> you feel like you were telling him, Hey, this religion doesn't care about you. I'm all you need. And they kill themselves like, Oh, am I not good enough? Uh, it's it's horrible man there's a there's a couple of scenes in this movie like the the one scene that like i i i audibly gasped and i kind of choked a little bit but it was during like during the big fight like with the mother and when he's just when he 
oh when he's just God. like, I just need to know that there's one thing I've done right. I've just like, oh. I gasped. I was like, holy shit, Brendan. Like, Jesus Christ, man. You fucking poor soul. He's just so positive, And that's a moment that just makes you feel like this man has probably felt like his life is a culmination yeah. of fuck ups. And Sadie Sink is his one chance, yeah. his one chance for him to have a W on yeah, the board. He, and he just, knows, he knows he's oh. nearly done. Like, that's it. Like, she. No, he wants, and he to, wants be. to be too. He, he wants, wants to be too. He he has no will left to live, obviously. So it's it's both, right? So that one got me, and then the other scene that really that just made me feel like shit. So not so much. I wasn't crying at this scene, but I felt like shit. Was the whole play with the pizza driver, and the fucking payoff to that just fucking hurt, man. Like just wait, playoff with yeah, the pizza driver. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. How the very he goes out to get the pizza and he's been this time he hit around the corner and he just looks at him like he's a fucking monster and just like gasps and basically runs away. It's so horrible. It just felt so bad. I couldn't. He just looks at him so much like Oh, it's like, oh, and then he just goes on a food binge. It's like, don't hurt yourself. No, like I know. And some of that food was fucking nasty. That that scene was the closest. That scene reminded was reminiscent of like fucking something in Mother for me. That's the closest it got to it. But I was like, oh, dude. Every single time he eats, you're just like, uh, stop. There's, yeah, there's that, it's it's like watching a baby flip a yep. gun. It's like, no. Yeah, there's that one scene with uh, at the very start, which I think you would have seen it by this. You were there by this point, um, with him and the nurse. And he's just like, uh, please, 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 please. And she finally just sighs and goes and gets the bucket of fried chicken. I'm just like, oh. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, no, 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 no. I don't know why. I think this is through my exhaustion that, like, him saying please, I think, was connecting more to the previous sentence. So it didn't really connect more to the chicken. But, like. Dude, seeing the chicken bucket in his hands and it looking like what would it him holding that bucket of chicken looks like me holding like a large Slurpee from like a gas station. So like not even like a large one from a from like a restaurant or anything like I'm talking like the big ass gulps that they have at gas stations. Like I was looking at that thing like Jesus Christ, like that is that is uh, that is scale. This man is just so heavy set that he can hold a chicken bucket like that. I'm like, jeez, just and like I'll, uh, I, I'd go, go, go. I don't know, man. No, I just it that that part to me was just tragic. And there and there's a lot of it. I really appreciate though. Like like I love it when directors kind of do a 180 on themselves. And like you've got like from Mother couldn't like this couldn't have been such a different movie from Mother. Um, so I really appreciated Darren Aronofsky doing something like this, which was a lot more, um, a lot more down to earth, a lot more simple in its setup, but it still definitely felt like a Darren Aronofsky movie. Um, like you, like you said oh, yeah. though, it's you're right. It's probably the most positive uh, Darren Aronofsky movie I've seen, which is hilarious to me. It's the most positive. Well, you can go. well it's funny because that was the same thing for me and uh, fucking uh, Michael Henneke recently. I was like, "Oh God, this is the most positive." Like Jesus Christ! And you're right, though. This is the same thing with Darren Aronofsky. So, 
yeah, I love this movie, man. Uh, the ending, the ending, I think is beautiful. Uh, it's great to me. I mean, I, I think obviously you can leave it open to a little bit of interpretation, but I think he obviously died like, basically when he took the. Oh no! He yeah, did. no, he did. When, he, when did. He, take, he did. He did. Yeah, no, there's no, there's right, no perturbation. Right when he takes he off the the breathing asper- apparatus, I think he's basically dead at that point, and he's imagining himself standing up there. Um, but he gets the oh oh no! I think he actually does. Oh, walk you do? Over okay. And then interesting. Die. No, no, no. Like I am convinced that he actually does get up, and through all of that exertion, is what kills See, him. I wa- like, that's, that's fair. I want to believe that. I I'm too cynical though. I I I, I just don't know how he would actually get up. <laughs> but I I hope. No, but like that's the thing because like it, okay, it's one of those things that like. Okay, I would be saying this even if I wasn't a parent, so shut the fuck up, okay? There are a lot of instances where a parent for their kid will do some shit that's like, there is no fucking physical reason you should have been able to do that, but you were able to, okay? There are fucking stories of women being as strong as crackheads and lifting cars because their babies are underneath it, okay? So, like, if you tell me that this man who knows he's on the last few minutes of his life and then you have the fact that it kind of rhymes within the fucking the fucking oh Jesus Christ the fact that it rhymes you know what I may just not edit this episode because I want everyone <laughs> to understand that how much editing actually goes into this so you understand what it sounds just like leave, just leave that part uh, unedited at least <laughs> no 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 because then if I say if I leave this in and then I cut everything else out they're like what are you talking about it yeah, all sounded true, fine true. so like. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Okay, it'll be New Year's. Fuck it. Maybe I just take it easy here, and I don't, and I do even a laser editing job. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, the fact that he walks over to her, uh, that kind of rhymes earlier with the movie where she's like, "Oh, okay, then walk yeah. over here," and he can't do it. Like it feels like that's a good payoff for that because now it feels like Sadie Sink is kind of accepting him a little bit more and it gives him a little bit enough confidence to be able to do that because let's be honest, this man has no confidence whatsoever throughout oh, the no. entire movie. Oh, yeah, you know what no, I'm none whatsoever. I, 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 yeah, and considering that this is feels like his last ditch effort to finally make a difference with her. So like I feel like him actually getting up and doing it, and like considering that this movie's as positive as Aronofsky can be, it feels like yeah, he probably would get up. And then the the whole him standing up, that's where I think it goes into metaphor, and that's just him dying. Like, I truly believe that this man just, like, died. Yeah, that's fair. I think, um, and one of the things that kind of pissed me off, because, again, sometimes after I watch a movie, I'll, like, look at some opinions and kind of read it and everything like that. Um, One of the ones I I think that really bothered me a lot was, first of all, City Sync was good here. I really liked her character as Ellie, and I thought she did a good job. Great. Oh, my God. Um, I hate I hate the take though that she was completely evil. I, I obviously think she's a bitch, and she's a terrible child, and definitely needs a lot of help. Um, but I, I think, and that's what's so good about her performance is at the very end there when she's like, "Oh no, no, we we gotta get you a hospital then." Get, get you a hospital. Fuck, fuck the money. Get, get a hospital. Go get an ambulance now. Go, go. And you can see like the kind of frantic the heart in there. There, there is a heart in there after all, and I really love that. Because the moment she breaks and says, daddy, yeah. I was just like, yeah. oh, uh, you, you are just, you are absolutely a child. You are a child. And this is the first time that you've let yourself be vulnerable enough to show that. And it's like, oh, like, it, honestly, if you told me, like, that's the thing. That is another thing that why I totally believe that that Charlie actually got up because, you know, like his daughter over there is actually genuinely 
catcalling him, not just you know fucking with him to show like, dude, you can't even get yeah. up off the couch. Why the fuck are you trying to tell me anything? So like, uh, okay, so here's the thing. She's really fucked up. If someone called her evil, like her mom, I mean, to be fair, her mom probably sucks. Like, her mom is probably just, I mean, she did do a terrible job. She did. Because, like, if that's how she turned out, yes. So, her calling her daughter evil, it's like, hey, you kind of fucked up there if she's evil then. Like, you kind of screwed up there. Uh, I would understand people in that world calling her evil. I will say that I think Charlie is wrong about what she does to the not yes. Mormon kid, but whatever. No, that was that was Mormon. definitely done out of assholeness. Like, <laughs> there was no good there. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's, him. that's him being positive. But but that's that's another moment where he's like, she's yeah, a good yeah. person. She helped him. Yeah, I'm just Charlie. like, <laughs> 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 people here, Charlie. But that was really a dick move. <laughs> Uh, whenever he goes to hell there'll be a grease fire uh, she's kind of an asshole <laughs> um, but yeah no, no. if anyone sees this ending and still considers her evil you weren't paying attention um, but beyond that I'm curious because this is one that like on the drive home I didn't know where my answer landed, and I still don't know where I land. Does Sadie Sink change after this? That's a really great question. That I mean, that's that's the question. I feel like we don't have an answer to. I, I think you hope, like Charlie does, that yeah, she does because she finally had that breakthrough at the end. She's, I agree that what she did to the the preacher boy. Um, so he was by he was getting this by the way, Thomas. Um, I, I think yes. what I think what she did to him was clearly a fucking horrible thing to do and a dick move. She was not doing it out of any niceness. Yep. And yep. so what happens at the very end, this is her first basically genuine act of kindness that I can see in this movie. And it shows that she has a heart and you hope that that experience would, I don't want to say tra- traumatic, but it would be, it would be an eye opener. It'd be like, holy fuck. Like that just happened. And I need to make some fucking changes in my life before I waste my life or something like that. You would hope that would open her eyes to it. I'm going to be honest though. In, in her situation, she's not set up for success because she's still going to be living with that shitty ass mother. She's going to have a bunch of cash thrown uh, her way. Now that God knows like money's not going to buy her the answer she needs. It's not, it could buy her freedom to and get away from the toxicity that's of the her mom though. That's the hope. The hope, like I, how old is she in this movie again? She's about to graduate, right? Yeah, so yeah, we'll say we'll say we'll say that. So that's the hope. She graduates. You know, we'll say seventeen because if she's graduating, but she still can't exactly get away from her mom. I feel like they would have brought up at some point, like, "Yeah, I'm eighteen. I'm ready to get out." Like, eighteen is such an important number that it feels like that would be yeah. brought up. So I feel like we have to assume not eighteen, but if she's graduating, seventeen. So it wouldn't be that yeah. much longer. So, and that's that's the hope. But you can use that money to get away, get the fuck out of there, and, and start a new life for yourself. That's certainly what I hope. Whether that actually happens or not. I don't know, man. It's Darren Aronofsky, so she probably ends up as a fucking hooker and dead on the side of the street so a year later. Ass to ass. <laughs> oh, ass God, no. Ass. No. Ass <laughs> ass to ass. It's going to star Jennifer oh. Connelly. She's going to be teaching Sadie Singh God, how to make money. fuck you, Darren Aronofsky. 
You want to do heroin? Yeah. I mean, and that's the great thing about this movie. I'm fucking going to do heroin. Great segue. Um, that's, that's the great thing about this movie though, is that it's just this one. I'll be very happy to watch again at some point because I mean, it's very sad and it's very emotional and it bubbles in you, but this movie by the end of it didn't break my soul. And I appreciated that because with Requiem for a Dream, with uh, Black Swan even, like Aronofsky has done that so many fucking times to me. So I was glad with this one, at least I could have some semblance of my soul left and be like, okay, that was actually somewhat of a positive ending. Um, Wait, are you telling me that mother wasn't a positive? Uh, experience for you? It was something. It was an experience. I honestly, I can't say whether that was a positive or negative experience. It was just. A, oh no, that was a positive it's, experience. That was a it's positive just experience. an experience for me. I love it. I love that movie. But yeah, it was just an experience for me. Um, it's a fucking panic oh god, attack. yeah. But yeah, like I said, to go from that to this is just it shows the range of uh, Aronofsky, and he's definitely one of my favorite directors now. I even watching The Fountain, which is a lot of people consider lesser Aronofsky, I still really like that and vibe with it. So he's not in my top five directors, but he's like literally right on the outside, knocking on that door, and would be in my top ten for sure. And uh, this movie just cements that for me because this is actually I think my favorite Aronofsky movie. So I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, again, and uh, Brendan Fraser, I just it could not happen to a guy who deserves it more. I'm so happy for him. And I, mm-hmm. I, 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 again, I don't know if he will get nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if he will win it. But I, I he fucking I, I hope, get nominated at the I very agree. fucking I agree. least. And I hope he wins it too because he's already said if he wins it, he won't be there. And that would be just great for me. That would be the perfect fucking thing. Chad. Yeah, he won't. He refuses to go to those shows anymore after what happened to him. And God bless him for that. And I hope he wins and they can trot somebody out. And, and then people have to fucking Google. Be like, why wasn't Brendan Fraser there? And then fucking you can hear his story. Because that is a story that absolutely deserves to be heard. So sh- shout out to him for that. Yep. And, and I mean, like, shout, uh, fucking, and, and, and I might be misquoting this story. And I don't know if you've heard this. So if I am, I'm sure Mac will correct me or something like that. But one thing I do remember hearing is about him in his, in the new Scorsese movie. Apparently he fucking wowed Marty so much that he basically flipped roles with him and Leo and gave him a much bigger role. So I don't know how true that is, but I remember hearing something about that. Yeah. I'm going to have, I'm going to have to Google that and like fucking figure this, uh, and figure this out. But I like there was something like he I don't know if he flipped roles with them, but like he he gave like Brandon like a lot more character time or like an expanded role or something like that because it, fucking his performance is apparently so impressive. So for for that for to get that kind of praise from Scorsese, like you you made it, Brandon. You went through a real rough road. Um, I'm sorry you did, but between this now and a fucking Scorsese banger, man, you're gonna leave your legacy now. So I'm very happy for him. We have been robbed with two things in cinema history. One, only two Timothy Dalton James Bond movies. We were robbed of that. We were robbed of more. Another robbery is not having Brendan Fraser in the 2000s and the 2010s. Because if this man was... This is the, here's the thing. This man was in like just some random comedies and some random action movies in the 90s. And he had leading role status in The Mummy as an action star. This man could have kept going. He could have had eh, not a not a full on Tom Cruise trajectory because I don't want to exactly say that like because like let's let's be honest. Tom Cruise started a little bit teeny bopper. He had some really hardcore dramatic roles, and then he became a leading action star. I'm not saying the trajectory, but I'm saying like kind of that same feeling where wherever you put this man, he will fit. So 
we were robbed. We were fucking robbed of that. And it sucks that it came at his expense. Also, The Mummy's a great movie. If you disagree, you're an idiot. Awful. Uh, uh, (laughs) The the Mummy is so fucking good. There's no goddamn... There's no reason to hate it. It's just... It's huffing a lot of Indiana Jones energy, and it succeeds. Like, it succeeds. It's just fun. So, oh, by by the way, sorry, did you end up going with your wife to this or no? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. She 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 just kind of looked at me. She was just like, God damn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I told her, I gave her ample warning. I gave her ample warning. It's Darren Aronofsky. It's Black Swan. It's Requiem for a Dream, a movie I've told her often. You will never watch her. If not, I'm going to have to hide the sharp objects in the house. It is Mother. And here's the thing: she went to she went to mother with me in That's wild. theaters. That's wild. <laughs> in theaters, That's okay. Wild. And uh, by the way, um, again, just because I didn't get to say it earlier, Mother is a positive movie. Any movie that has the baby Jesus have their neck snapped after <laughs> screaming and peeing on random people is a okay. Uh, God, I love Mother. Fuck. Every time I talk, every time I out. talk about Mother, I just want to rewatch it. It's so good. But but I want to rewatch it with somebody who hasn't seen it before because that's that's the fun is uh, subjecting somebody else to Mother and then watching their reactions. Still, 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 still that, to this day, the best cinema experience of my life. I, I fucking love Mother. That's. <laughs> You have to make sure it's someone that yeah. you're okay with losing or knowing <laughs> that, like, you can't get yeah. rid of me. So a family member yeah. actually is perfect. Hey, you're going to watch Mother and you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> <sighs> have, have you, did you see that short-lived meme uh, from the Dahmer show with that kid from American yes. Horror Story? And it's like him standing in front of a yes. TV. Yeah. Or... No, I'm saying no. I'm saying that's oh, you, oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Absolutely, no. That is that is for sure. Listen, listen. We're just gonna watch this movie, and then you can yeah, go. Okay. Yeah. And then they'll fucking just never speak to me again. But worf, worf. I'm spreading the word of Aronofsky. <laughs> <sighs> but anyways, yeah. That's 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 right, basically so, it. Um, I, I, I. Do you have anything else? Um. Uh, Nothing I can think on. of. Just oh wait, no. Did I even answer my own? Oh yeah, question? no, yeah. Please, yeah, um, can elaborate. Is no, she good? I, okay. Is she good? Does, um, she, does she go on to live a happy life? So this is where I split because I feel like the movie, the movie itself, would like you to believe that this is going to be a life changing moment and it's going to affect her. Okay, because that movie ends off basically with Charlie having succeeded. That he at least made a difference. The only problem is, is that I think the movie makes an argument that it does make a difference in her life. The problem is, is that I don't see how she can actually grow out of this experience. Because what I see her doing is I cared about this man for a good few minutes and then he died. So I should actually probably go back to caring again and staying numb. So that's kind of where 
I don't feel like the movie. That's the thing. It's effective in the movie. Like it's effective that we don't see Sadie Sink show any vulnerability until the last few minutes. That works as a strength of the movie. But once you get out of that situation, the fact that she sowed vulnerability and that only opened her up to what is about to be an immense amount of pain from seeing her father die right in front of her means that she's probably going to shut down and not actually learn from the experience. So I hate to say it, but the actions of the movie do are probably not going to support with what Charlie wanted by the end of it. So I actually do think it doesn't make a difference, but at the very least, Charlie died thinking that he did. Yeah, you're probably right, but I don't want to think about that. So fuck you. You're wrong. Neither do I. No, no, neither do I. No, that, no. She actually becomes, you know, you want, you know, that redheaded girl who saw her fat dad die. She grew up to be the mother Teresa. Don't you yep, feel stupid? There you go. Pres- she was also president of the United States, which went on a while. Very, very good stuff. And the first woman to uh, reach oh, Jupiter. Congratulations. I've always wanted to go to Jupiter. And killed Elon Musk. Uh, five out of five cinema at its finest i love this movie please i mean i don't know why you're listening to the spoiler section but go check it out if you haven't fuck you if you didn't know that though kino out of 10 yeah good kino out of 10. all right babylon go go this is your movie this song is not out of my head nope 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 i heard the soundtrack on spotify fi fi fuck shit oh my god babylon is so much fun ah it pit i i can't mention how it undercutted me yet i'll throw that into spoilers instead what i'll i want to keep this brief because i feel like for a three-hour movie it'd be very hard to speak vaguely about it because i feel like this is a movie that if you know the bare minimum go that's it i walked into this shit blind okay i didn't even I barely even remembered that Margot Robbie was in the movie. Okay. That's how little I paid attention. And then when a certain actor later on shows up in the movie, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that I accidentally read about that, but I went into this movie completely blind. I didn't know shit about it. The same thing for the whale besides Brendan Fraser's fat face on a poster. Like that's it. Like I empire of white. Actually, I went in completely blind banshees of uh, the banshees of industry completely blind as well. Like I went into these movies knowing zero and it was fucking awesome for all of them. But Babylon, yes, uh, I I fucking love it. People are getting filtered. Uh, your turn, brief before we go into spoilers. Uh, Babylon's yeah, really good movie. I'm definitely not as high on it as you and some other people, but uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, I've grown on it a bit more since I've left the theater on it. Um, I think there's a lot to love with it, especially the first half of the movie, which I think is just such a fucking great time. Um, so, so much energy and just just so much fun. Um, the music is absolutely incredible. If it doesn't win the Oscar for best score, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Diego Calva. It's just perfectly acted. Uh, they, they, those are the three like big people in it. I won't name other ones because they're kind of spoilers. But for those three, they, they were all really advertising. So they're great. If you like this, I mean, here's the thing. Damien Chazelle is probably one of the best, like one of the best directors working today for sure. But it's his sense of vision is so good in the way he sets things up and the way he just directs, I think is just, there's something about it, man. It's just so distinct and it's just incredibly well done. And even he shoots yes, everything with the musicality. Absolutely. That's what it is. And even with Babylon probably being my least favorite of his, 
it still just goes to show you what a talent he is that I can walk away from that movie that I think has some issues still so very positive on it and uh, definitely wanting to rewatch it to see where it lands for me. So positive on it, not as positive as you, but definitely worth checking out in theaters for the experience, which he needs the bucks because this movie is bombing hard right now. So you should probably go see it. I am convinced that this man knew that this wasn't going to make money. And so that's why he made this shit as <laughs> opulent as possible. Cause he's like, I'm never going to get another paycheck like this. Let's throw a bitch in party. Yeah. With Cause first man didn't do great. And now this is doing like way worse. So th- this is probably it for the big budgets, but we'll see what happens. A24 or Eternals 2. Let's fucking go. (laughs) Are you ready to see Angelina Jolie play a trumpet? I I mean, I would love to see him. Oh, no, I'm I'm not going to say that. Actually, no. I was going to say I'd love to see him do some. No, are you? Are you? No, but imagine like (laughs) Disney is just like, we got a name Eternals 2. And you watch it and you're like, what the fuck? That's not even a Marvel movie. He just took superheroes and he's making his fifth movie. What the fuck is just, going just on here? Just have an elephant stomp on Barry Keegan in the opening minutes and kill him, and then we'll be we'll be Gucci. I'll go see it. <laughs> no, no, uh, uh, Barry Keegan is actually going to be the next person who learns oh, how to draw, and uh, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna bring in Miles Teller back exactly Whip from Whiplash, Whiplash and he's gonna be Whiplash dressed as Flesher. <laughs> No, no, it's not even Whiplash 2. He's it's the exact same character, no relation to oh Whiplash at all. God. They just pluck the character out. He is now dressed as Fletcher, and his superhero name is Drummer Man. And there's gonna be dorks who are gonna be creaming their pants, like, oh my god, it's Drummer Man! He has he was the head of comics since 1953. And Damien Chazelle's gonna be like, hey, hey, you fucking dorks, thanks for the goddamn money. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go make second man. I, I can't wait for Drummer Man, I'm very excited for this now no 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 it's still eternals 2 it's still eternals 2 it's just that miles teller is playing a character where he's dressed up as jk simmons and we all know the real star of eternals 2 will be drummer man yes (laughs) i was thinking it was gonna be barry keegan after he cuts off both arms so he can become a better drummer i'd I'd watch that i would pay i would pay a ticket to go see i would i would Anyway, this is the first time we've seen footage of Avatar in 4K, probably, once it hits 4K discs. Son of a bitch, why? Why, J- James, do this? Explain this. Explain this. Why is probably the 4K footage that he got for Terminator 2 better in this movie than in your own cut? Explain that. Yeah, there isn't. I mean, I'm surprised fucking uh, True Lies didn't show up. They're just really pissed me off. <laughs> Actually, that was, dude, imagine if that shit was in 12K. Fully diff. The Dolby Vision HDR oh, 2. Mother, motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, I got. I got they finished spelling out atmosphere. It's that that one scene is in Dolby Atmosphere. <laughs> you know, I, I got to give it to Damien Chazelle, man. Like, I don't know. I I've, I saw the movie. When did I see the movie? Now, how long ago? Like, fucking when was this? Like, when did I see this movie? Like, almost a week ago now, I think. Um, and I still don't fully know how I feel about the ending. I'm still a little bit torn. As in, you don't know how you? Yeah, like, like about I'm it still like I'm still not sure if I love it. I don't hate it. I'm still not sure if I love it though, but 
my God, does the man know how to make an ending? Like just, it's so memorable and it's nothing like you would fucking expect, but it's like that in every one of his goddamn movies, man. Like the man just knows how to make an effective ending. So I probably answered my own question. I probably do like it, but it's just the guy just knows how to fucking end a movie. Like it's, it's quite the talent. All right. So I have to say, if we're going to jump right to the ending, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, I forgot that I still have rain sounds in the theater room. Uh, usually whenever the baby falls asleep in here, I just have rain nice. sounds That's to knock her out. Soothing. So like, no, dude, I'm, I I I had soft sounds in the background. I'm like, is my wife blending something like it's almost 11? What's going on? And I was like, oh, wait, that's just rain. Never mind. Uh, OK, besides that. Uh, so Babylon, the ending. I really fucking love that ending because it kind of remind. That's the thing. It reminds me a lot of maybe not first man. First man, the fact that Damien Chazelle didn't write that one, it feels a lot like Babylon feels like it'd be more of his third movie than first man would. Like first man feels kind of like that's the best way to describe this. Uh, you know what? I I kind of want to bring up Kanye. Sorry, Juice. Um, so his five albums, right? Uh, so uh late no no what's the first one college dropout yeah college dropout late registration graduation 808s and heartbreak and then beautiful dark just fantasy it feels like 808s is a completely different thing that doesn't build off of the yes. others while it feels like there is a progression for the from graduation to beautiful dark twisted fantasy like it actually feels like that sound progressed further on it feels a lot like the style that Whiplash had was kind of refined in La La Land, which was then refined further in Babylon. Sure, it's still, you know, First Man feels like kind of like a sidestep, still moving forward, but like a sidestep to what the other movies were working on. And, you know, I feel like the writer-director combo is probably what actually makes it feel like that. The ending of Whiplash asks, is it worth it? And La La Land asks the question was it worth it and then babylon says okay it was probably worth it like that's what i really like about the ending you know we're, I, again i'm gonna quote that one re- that one line review on letterbox i'm pretty sure there's an actual review underneath it but the one line is perfect which is is this a love letter to cinema or a suicide note and the answer is yes because that is perfect yeah that is a perfect. Well, even even in my um, review, I said, uh, "What did I say exactly?" Uh, not to pimp my own shit. What the fuck did I say? How do I look at my own review? There it is. Uh, pimping your own <laughs> shit? No way. Not letterbox.com slash adaholic two Ds. No, my review is like, so, so, so do we do we hate Hollywood or love Hollywood? And by the end of it, I don't know, right? Because like it feels like so much of this movie is like, man, Hollywood's such a fucking piece of shit. Like, fuck, man. Like, what the fuck? Uh, but then you get to that end, and it's so beautiful. And it's like, oh, man, yeah, I guess it's kind of all was worth it, huh? <laughs> no, I don't I don't even think it's like that. I Okay, well, yes, yes. I do think that at the end of the movie, it's like it it's worthwhile. I don't know if it's worth it, but it feels so much with the beating that this movie gives to the entire system, which, by the way, I I, I just got to talk about the fucking amount of dead people at, at the end of this movie. I would have never fucking guessed there in a million years. I would have never guessed that this movie has like fucking 12 people dead by the end of it. And I fucking loved every single killer. Um, 
I feel like after the entire beating, the movie gives all of Hollywood that I feel like the ending, the ending feels like it needs to be there because it's like you are a movie and all you're saying is that it sucks. So why are you any different? The ending exists to be like, yeah, no, 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 all of this sucks, but like, it's not all downside. Like, look at all of this shit. Like, you guys like some of this shit. So, like, even if, you know, we're being really fucking terrible, and even if Hollywood burns down to the ground the next day, at least there was something that was worthwhile. Again, connecting to the beginning of the movie where, um, God, I can't remember. I want oh, Miguel, where Miguel, it's like, I want to do something that'll be remembered. And I feel like that's what it says at the end of the movie that, like, Hollywood is really fucked but it at least generated something positive from it. And that's kind of what I like about it. And at at least it's no empire of light movies cured my depression. So like, it's just more like, you know what, even though it was all pretty shitty and it ruined my life, we made a couple of kids happy. Didn't we? Yeah, no, that's fair. And like the first, like I said earlier, the first half of this movie is just such a fucking party. It's all just such a celebration and and, an insane time. But then slowly watching that kind of go transition from that to the second half of the movie, which I do think is weaker than the first half. I don't dislike it though. Um, the second half you just see basically okay well now hollywood's starting to clean up now and people can't adjust and it's an interesting like watching that transition happen basically in real time in the movie um and just kind of seeing what happened to these people like uh, manny and uh nelly and jack um seeing basically these three characters like i mean i guess you can make the argument that manny kind of adjusted but even he fucking failed at the end I know, but Manny dipped. Like, yeah, he, 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 he dipped. dipped. Yeah, he dipped. Um, but yeah, and then certainly Nelly and Jack, <laughs> they did not adjust um, no, well no. at all. Um, but yeah, no, and you see that basically playing out. Margot Robbie's great in this, by the way. Like, this is probably my favorite performance from her. Um, I really enjoyed her performance here. I thought she was great. And probably my favorite, I mean, I mean, the, the Tobey Maguire stuff is great since we're in spoilers now. That stuff's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, the, I think my favorite beyond that, because that sequence is probably my favorite sequence in the movie. I love it. Barbarian the movie and fucking Babylon. I didn't expect it. But. Um, Dude, I was thinking of Under the Silver Lake. There you go. That too. That was great too. Um, but my favorite shot in the movie is at basically right before we see fucking Nelly dance her way to death, basically. Just her kind of dancing in the moonlight there. Uh, as as Manny's gone in to go get uh, go get the money in that guy, she just kind of slowly dances away to her death. And there was something just really great about that shot that I loved. I don't know, it's my favorite shot in the movie. I really like that. I, I love it just because it feels like just a quiet yeah. death. For, for such a loud and character. Considering that they're from the silent yeah, era? And for, yeah, for such a loud character who was so fucking, like, you, you'd expect her to go down in like a blaze of glory, but nope, that's it. She's just dancing off and getting whacked off screen quiet what i will say though is that i don't understand that relationship at all and considering that is damien giselle and you have la la land under your belt and you have first man under your belt like two relationship movies that like were hard anchored by the relationship 
it felt weird that watching this one, it's like, I really don't understand why the fuck Manny is helping yeah. her out with $1.5 million in yeah, debt. I mean, he's just simping, I think. He's just simping. There's, there's no, no I know, explanation. But the problem is, is that, like, <laughs> but thing is, is that, like, I would want that reflected yeah. in the movie, but, like, like, Justin Hurwitz gives them a romantic song that if you threw in La La Land with like a couple of adjustments to fit in with the sound of that one, it would be like, yeah, that that's a that's just a good theme. It's like, why does this sound like actually proper loving? Why this this shouldn't be it? I, I maybe I'm missing no, something yeah. there. There but was never. I, I guess in that. I was just gonna say th- I never felt love between those two characters. Certainly, I maybe mean, Manny maybe loved her, and there was some some lust there, uh, but definitely not on her. Oh, but totally definitely lust. not on her side re- re- uh, reciprocated at all. She was clearly just using Manny um, the entire time. Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's weird. Like it is weird how he would just keep basically being a punching bag to the point of what happens with fucking. Um, that that scene with Toby Maguire, which is hilarious. I love I love the fucking <laughs> it's fake money. Like that whole thing is just so funny. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> it's uh, it's a great sequence. Okay, I'm gonna say what I'm. No, actually, you know what? I'm going to mention what I was thinking in that moment, and then how it feeds into how this movie undercut what I was going to say. So. Uh, that entire scene at the at his house and then into the underground is like Damien Chazelle watched uh, Boogie Nights and was like, OK, Toby Maguire, you remember your friend Alfred Molina? OK, I need you to watch this scene and I need you to just give me that type of energy. Yeah, I can definitely see that he uh, he killed that scene. Like that scene, that that entire bit was so creepy and so out of left field. Like it, I, it, it literally turned into a horror movie. And I was like, uh, where, yeah. where, where did this come from? Fucking Damien Giselle. Like, are you going to do a horror movie next? I'm down for that. Fucking imagine a horror movie with like a bop and soundtrack like that. Sure. I'm in. Um, but yeah. That, are you telling me that whiplash yeah, I mean, is, it horror really movie? is You're not wrong there. Uh, but the haunted folder, man. It's still out there. <laughs> That's Whiplash Two. That's Whiplash Two. That's Drummer Man's powers came from the uh, from the folder. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Toby, Toby, yeah, that he definitely had that energy in there. I, I agree. Like he was, he was fucking so great. He was so great in that small role. Like it was very memorable, very memorable. So in that same breath, it pissed me off that I was thinking, like, I was trying to figure this out. I'm like, what the fuck is this the meeting point of between? And I hate that, like, as soon as they introduced the whole um, the whole uh, silent era going into the talkies, I was like. Oh my god, this is a fucked up singing in the rain. Oh my god, this is Wolf of Wall Street and singing in the rain. And then they start singing singing in the rain and i'm like "Mm, it's okay it's still an original thought sure it looks like you gave me the idea movie but i'm pretty sure i can get away with it still and then you get to the end of the movie and he watches singing in the rain i was like god damn it Ah, thanks thanks now i now now it looks like i just it, it looks like i'm reading off of the off the powerpoint behind me thank you movie Thank you. I was I was trying to look like I had insight, and then you just throw it away. I'm like, cool, thanks. But either way, this movie is absolutely the meeting point between fucking boogie nights and singing in the rain. And I never thought 
those two movies would ever be brought up in the same breath. What the fuck? Yeah, no, like the singing in the rain stuff is very prevalent for me. Um, I felt the same thing. I was, I was definitely getting those vibes all throughout this movie. Um, and funny, I just watched singing in the rain this year. I think you did too, actually. Right. Yeah. Same. So, so, yeah, same. Yeah, so that's why I was like, how the fuck is singing in the rain prepare me for this? Well, and it's how? so funny too, because you know, again, shout out, shout out to Buffalo the clown. We make fun of you, but we, we like you somewhat. Um, <laughs> but when buffalo came back i was like yeah this is my favorite chazelle movie i'm like you're fucking insane if you think this is better whiplash there's no way then i watched it and, and i still think it's an insane take but i'm like all right you really simp singing in the rain like you fucking love that movie so at least i get the logic now like there's logic behind that for me now even if i don't agree with it um, because yeah, it was definitely very, it was like, it was like fucking singing in the rain on LSD <laughs> at times. Um, well, I mean, it's spikes, spikes or something, or something because LSD would probably have you. A little yeah. Bit chill. So it was definitely, definitely interesting and it, it was wild. Yeah, fucking Babylon. Babylon is very good. And I would need to hear what people take as negatives because th- the only person that besides, you know, you guys, besides all the people on the discord, the only person that I care about their opinions for for movies is probably Dan Merle on YouTube. And he got filtered by it. And I feel like I would need him to talk spoilers because listening to him, I'm just like, was the pacing off for you? Like, that's the only thing I can think of, like from way from the way that he reviewed it. And he's like, it feels weird. It feels like totally mismatched. And I'm just like, I'm listening to what I'm saying, what he's saying. I'm like, not really. Like he's talking about what you're talking about, where it's like, you're beating a cinema up, but you're also supposed to be kind of sad for the silent era going away, which I don't think you're supposed to be sad that these fucking terrible parties are going on <laughs> like i don't think i'm supposed to be sad for the fat dude who's getting pissed on and kills a hooker like i don't think i'm supposed to be sad about that i don't think i'm supposed to be sad that um that their industry is dying because they can adapt like i don't think i should be sad about it it's sad for the characters I don't think I'm supposed to be sad about the industry itself. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like I would need him to go way more in depth for me to understand what is negative about it for him. So I'd love to hear someone who's negative about it. What? Why? Why? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Babylon, my biggest, oh, God. I, 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 I mean, it. my biggest complaints would be, I, I mean, and again, you know, I think the first half is just so it's such a party and it has so much energy that you kind of, when, when it ends, you, you kind of get a lull and, and I, and I understand that's on purpose and that's just kind of what happens, but you definitely feel it like that. Some of that energy is gone. And I still don't think the second half is bad. Like I said, uh, but it's definitely not there. Um, and beyond that, it is but I think oh, that's I, the I point, agree. though, like, because like even the characters are like, shit, the no, party's I, over. And it's like, if you feel like the party's over, like no, that just means that the movie's getting no, you. In the right I, I don't disagree. It's, it's it was just like, um, I mean, this is a weird comparison, but it was just like fucking um, uh, the Ballad of Buster Scraggs. 
I think that was the movie with uh, from the Coen mm-hmm. brothers. Uh, and, and the first, it's a bunch of, um, it's an anthology of different stories. And the first one mm-hmm. is just filled with so much fucking energy and it's so fucking great. And the ones after follow, like they all make sense thematically and it all makes sense. It just, it, it doesn't match the energy of that first mm-hmm. one. And it just kind of brings it down for me again. Not that I did not like the second half of this movie. Um, it's still good. It's just that first half is such a high. Um, and then I think beyond that, I think just, I, I do think it is too long. Like, I think there is stuff you can cut here. I'm not sure. Like, I think it's just, I think it's more, I wouldn't cut out, even cut out entire scenes. I think everything could just be trimmed a little bit and be a little bit neater, but obviously he wanted to go for the big bombastic epic. So I guess what he's going for, I get what he's going for, uh, because there's nothing really like, there's not a, there's not a scene. I think I would entirely cut out, to be honest with you, the, the closest thing I could, just yeah, the, the closest thing I could think of maybe is the fucking this the, the party Margot goes to when she tries to be all stuck up and nice or stuck up and proper and ends up vomiting everywhere? Uh, you could, I think you, I think you could cut that, cut down that pretty significantly. I, I still don't know if I'd cut it out. I though, don't entirely. know, man. Um, I don't even. I wouldn't even shorten it because, like, by the time that she's done, I am sick of those people. <laughs> like, I, like, it's one of those. Th- by the way, by the way. The fucking rattlesnake. Oh, yeah. That seems great. Oh, my God. That scene was so fucking yeah, funny. Like, just... I It went on for so long. I'm like, oh, my God. Is she actually yeah. going to die? Yeah, you didn't know for a minute there until until the until she starts getting fucking the venom sucked out of her, which... Bonk. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, that shit was fucking whole like it's so that's the thing i wouldn't want to cut anything in this movie because it reminds me of why i wouldn't cut a single thing in the wolf of wall street both are about excess it's in the fucking that's that's fair and i understand that argument for sure i think it's just personal preference for me um and then the only other thing i would say is a negative and and this is not fair at all um and, and it's obviously varies by taste because i know you don't feel as high on um la la land as a lot some people do um which i really okay look look this is what i'm gonna say because sure. i wanted to sure. mention this earlier la la land handshake being redone over and over until i'm sick of it handshake fair. the last of us fair enough Continue. um it's just for me it's just when you've got like a, a talent like damien chazelle who fucking comes out with whiplash which is a top fucking which should be a top 50 movie of all time for anyone with a film list of salt uh so he basically smacks his dick across cinema as his first movie is like here's this for you guys <laughs> enjoy have fun um, and then, and then follows up with La La Land, which I fucking love La La Land. I think it's incredible and it's, it's heartbreaking and it's just fantastic. And it's such a, uh, it's such a pleasant, pleasant's not the right word, but it, it's such a, it's such a, just, I just have so much fun watching that movie. I, I love that movie. Um, when you've got those kind of movies with you and even first man, which is a very, maybe like, I agree with you. That feels like the least Chazelle like movie, but still fucking really well done and well made. And again, another movie, he still has the yeah, musicality to it. That's what I, fucking yeah, love exactly. About it. And it's another movie that has grown on me. I actually want to watch it again since I've watched it. So when those are the movies you're stacked up against, it's, it's hard. It, it gets difficult. And while Babylon, like I said, Babylon is probably going to be my least favorite, uh, Chazelle movie. Um, and you know, it's kind of, it's not really a slight though, because the man's very, very talented in everything he's done and you're just kind of stacking up against yourself at a point. Um, I appreciate how ambitious this movie is though. 
and how like it's a it's not it's not an easy movie it's not an easy movie to make like this is not a slam dunk movie where he's like okay i'm gonna make this this is gonna make a hundred million dollars back and we're moving on to the next one right like this was very ambitious and even if all of it didn't stick for me you gotta admire the balls on this guy especially for that ending because the guy has showed some major balls with this movie and put everything into it just I love this movie because it's just more Chazelle and everything that he's doing just has a certain beat to it. And that's kind of what I love about it. And at this point, the fact that look, look, I'm going to nickname this man Wendy's, okay? because he's four for four at this point, okay? because like there is nothing that this man can do that is going to get me off this train. And I am happy saying that he is still my favorite director because like between whiplash and la la land and first man and babylon you look at that entire like just those four movies you got drummer obsessed you got musical with two people with artistic talents you've got a biopic about neil armstrong and then you have a a twisted singing in the rain epic what the fuck is that filmography this is fucking awesome no matter what he does i'm so in now at this point and the fact that this man is always focused on an ending uh, now that i say that out loud i'm terrified because it's like oh okay please just don't m night Shyamalan where you you're like it's always about the ending where m night Shyamalan is it's always about the twist like please don't please don't no by but by like, this point we would have seen a crock already like even if you're not a fan of babylon i don't think anyone would call it a bad like just like an outright bad movie although the the big reviews have been mixed so fucking i actually i don't know i guess yeah, i guess a lot of people saying. are but like there are people who, yeah, yeah, yeah that's I what don't, I'm saying. Like, that's why yeah. I'm like, no, even like Dan Merle. Dan Merle was like, on a technical level, a whole bunch of this is good. But like, I don't think it's, I don't think he, I don't know if he ever says good or bad, but I know he's like, I did not like it. And I'm just like, yeah, it's no. weird. It, the the, like, the reviews the reviews surprised me, right? Like, I think the whale on Rotten Tomatoes was like sixty seven percent, sixty six, sixty seven percent, something in that range, which is still considered positive. Um, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. And like Babylon, I was like, yeah, that would make sense to be about like seventy, maybe. Like that's where I would expect that. But it's like fucking. What is it now? Actually, I'm curious. I'm gonna check quickly. Here's the thing. I buy more of people not liking the whale more of just because. Yeah. There are just some people who are not oh, going to vibe with the with. Okay, it's, it's his most positive movie, yeah. but let's just be honest. It's still like overwhelmingly a negative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's yeah, it's fifty five percent. Like that lower than the whale and lower than all those movies, and it's weird to me. I just I don't really get that fifty percent audience score too. So it's yeah, it's it's definitely mixing people. Oh, that's and I don't. Okay, the okay, shitty well, new Netflix movie. The it, shitty but... new Netflix movie. A fucking Christian Bale. That uh, by by that director. I, I forget what's his name. Fucking Scott Cooper. That's apparently boring as shit. Is sixty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I don't. Are you shocked? No, though? are you shocked? No, though? but like I just don't. I, I I. That's just what happens sometimes with good with. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's this weird thing because I'm about to probably contradict right. myself. Are you shocked that people like the boring movie and like, yeah, it's passable, but the way more artistic movie that's willing to filter people would get worse. Reviews? No, no, I, uh, I, no, it's not uh, shocking, but I don't, I don't know what's filtering about Babylon because at a very 
no, at a very base level, it's technically gray. It's the, the dude should win best direct. Honestly, like I don't know if he will win best director. It's pro. I'm 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 very I'm gonna be very shocked if some. And, and don't get me wrong, I love this movie, so I think he deserves it. I'm gonna be very shocked if someone other than Steven Spielberg wins that award this year because that just feels like it's gifted to him this year. But from a pure technical direction standpoint, Babylon was incredibly well directed. Uh, the soundtrack was incredible. So from the technical perspective, now, yeah, that's not everything to a movie. Obviously, you need a good story there, a good plot, a good characters, Avatar. No, but I mean, like, um, that's the thing. That you, you'd be arguing for a better picture yeah. at that point, and fuck you, Avatar <laughs> But But I just, but, 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 but Babylon's not that like Babylon's good. Like at the very least there's characters there that you care about. There's, there's an interesting story and it pays off. And again, I'm still not completely sold on the payoff, but it's very memorable and unique. So I don't, I just, the oh, like a lot of the negativity is weird to me on this movie. I'll just say that. And I don't really get it. Even, even if like, like for me in spoiler, it's a seven out of 10. I'm not rating this super, like incredibly high. I didn't, fucking fall in love with this movie but i like it a lot and it has grown on me and it's definitely one i want to rewatch. so i don't it's weird to me it's just weird to me a lot of the negativity for this movie that's all i love the ending just because it justifies itself at least because the idea of that ending is you know, like i said earlier like we gave you at least a good time didn't we and the movie it being a movie and being a condemnation of the entire system that makes movies. And then you get to the end and it's like, but at least we hope you had a good time here right now. It feels very not self-congratulatory. It feels more congratulatory to the audience itself. More like, hey, I mean, you guys are here. I kind of hope you guys at least had fun throughout all this. So like, even though this this fucking entire system sucks we kind of hope that there was at least one positive, which is that you enjoyed it. So like, I just really dig that ending. Like I just fucking love that. Yeah. For that. And besides, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not trying to say empire of light is like comparable story wise or anything, but I think that's, but I mean, we, well, but this, but, but this we can, feels we can like compare. so much more than just a simple love letter. Like there's so much more. Yes. I know, but that's the and, thing. That's why we can. And it's like, it. like the review says, is this a love letter or a suicide note? Yes. It's, it's not black and white for this one. It's not trying to just show you. Yeah. Hollywood's a great place, right? Like, again, I love the Fablemans. Fablemans is my second or third now. Sorry. Third favorite movie of the year. I th- think it's incredible, but the Fablemans is very Hollywood's a positive place. It's great. That's it. It's not, it's not trying to show you any of the negative schluck like uh, uh, Babylon was willing to get in there and show you. So you got to appreciate it if, if for uh, nothing else. But that. I love evil La La Land. Yeah, that, that's this is basically La La Land's evil twin. So although I do think, uh, fuck, what was the name of that? Fuck, what movie was it? Shit, 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 shit. Okay, you, you say something. I'm going to see if I can find that. All right. Okay, so. Another thing that I want to say that I know is probably going to get you. I don't know. I didn't really feel like I liked Margot Robbie's performance huh, that much. Okay, that's interesting. Like I felt like like th- this is anyone who's like, oh, man, her performance is great. I'm just like, I don't know. It just kind of feels like she's Margot Robbie-ing. Like her dance moves are sick. Like I will absolutely. I, oh, yeah, dude, that girl can dance. But. I don't know. Her performance was fine. I just, I understand. I don't know. Maybe it's intentional. 
And maybe that's a credit to her performance, but I don't know. She seemed very vapid and considering how Manny handles her, I was always under the impression that the movie wanted her to seem deeper than she was, but her performance never really gave that depth. And the one time the movie tried to give that depth, I didn't buy it. Like, I I don't know. I just, I, I didn't. I, feel like it comes down to her performance because I don't think it was anything in the writing that was weak. I just feel like she didn't sell it to me. The crying sequence is impressive, but I don't know. I just never bought her entirely, which is weird because like when I think of Itania, like I still think Itania is probably her high watermark because I never questioned that shit at all. And I think maybe she just maybe she should be typecasts like because like i her as the party girl yeah the extra depth i don't know because like i taught you like she kind of she plays a goodfellas-esque character in Itania. She plays a shitbag that, like, at least you understand and you're kind of compelled to watch. But, like, I don't know if you really care about her. I don't think I cared about her in Babylon. So, like, whenever she died, I was like, oh, man, that's going to affect Manny. And, and that was it. Uh, also, shout out to the symbols of the silent era of being Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie both just dying. And this is fucking great. I, I, I love the, I love the second half just reading them as symbols of the silent era. And then when they both die, I'm just like, ah, perfect. Yeah, I don't know. It, her performance just worked for me. I, I'm, and you know me. I'm not a Margot Robbie fan at all. <laughs> I think she's actually pretty overrated. Um, there's, I, I don't know if I've ever loved one of her performances before. Uh, this one just hit for me, though. I'm not sure why. I, there was a, I found I, – I just found – obviously, she plays the party girl really well. But there was just enough scenes in here that made me – that made me care about her insanity um, and just how, how much it, it felt like she, she wanted to sacrifice. She would sacrifice literally anything, including her own life, just to be able to, to live this dream of hers. And even when it goes to shit and even when it's clearly not working out at that point anymore, she's just so stuck in this rut and stuck in this past that she's willing to do basically anything to keep trying to, to keep trying to live it, fucking up with the gambling and everything like that too, on top of it. Like she's just a complete fuck up. So I can understand what you're saying. Um, I don't know. It just worked for me. Um, and then on a separate note, it was the La La Land's evil twin. I knew I had seen this on a review somewhere on letterbox. So I was like, Oh yeah, there it is. It's, um, it's Mulholland drive. That's just like, yeah. Okay. There, there we go. Yeah. Okay. That I, as soon as, as soon as you said it right now, as soon as you said it right now, I was like, Oh my god! I did read that yeah, too. What is yeah, it? It's from a, it's from a Holland Drive, so which I think is also suitable. <laughs> um, Perfect. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Babylon absolutely could be read as uh, Lawland's evil twin as well. Um, Okay, Mulholland Drive is La La Land's evil twin if it got really into hanging out with the art kids. That yes, behind yeah, the yeah, there we go. That's uh, that, that's you got to get that Lynch, uh, Lynch factor in there, which which is always going to fuck things up more. <laughs> Can you believe it? It is a Friday oh, once beautiful, again. Beautiful. That's a great impression. Oh, love you, Mr. Lynch. God, I, I, I hope we get one more movie before he goes, man. Such a talent. He has to be hiding. Like, I, I feel like I feel like there's going to be one like, he's going to cook up before he goes. I mean, he's acting and stuff, so I, f- I feel like he can cook up one more before he goes. But we'll see. What's he cooking well, over what there? What you cooking, cooking, Mr. Lynch? What you cooking? 
what's, what's he up to, man? What's he doing? <laughs> that is one it's of my good. favorite lines. I don't know why. Just like that's it's one good. of my favorite it's, it's things. It's good. Uh, I need to use that more often. What's he up to, what's, man? What's he doing over there? Hold up. Let him cook. Let him cook. Uh, I, uh, you know, of course, I was. I, I, I meant. I meant Lalo from from uh, Better Call Saul. Great show. Like, what's he up to, man? What's he doing? What's, what's he doing over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah we, 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 if we if we kill it and give scores now, we can get under three hours. So uh, seven out of ten for me. All right. Uh, uh, Babylon Steelbook 4K on the shelf. Perfect. Please. Look at that. Under three hours once again. Barely, but we made it. Wonderful. Avatar two for the shelf. 